Are we are we live? Are we are we good? Hold on. We're not live until I get a glass of wine. Can y'all pass I me some? Oh, awesome. So are we? Toasty. Are we live? We're live. Are we? Hey, Three, we're live. Wait, wait, Or is it Ascent? Ascent? Ascent. Sorry, I said that wrong. For the Kid and Crash Podcast. Fellas, what's up? Welcome to the Kid and Crash Podcast. Guys, we got a guest with us today. Welcome to all the Kim folk. We got Welcome a guest. Uh, friend of the show. Friend of mine. Celebrity guest. Cele- first celeb guest of the show. Pretty much. Uh, veteran. Club owner. Uh, food prep company owner. And just an overall good guy. Wow. You know? Yeah. I'm not paying you to Can't, say any of that. Can't, Cameron sure Fultz, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm not paying you to say any of that. I would like to make sure that's clear. My contract could say to that I don't have to pay, so to make sure that's good. Wait, uh, I didn't see that in the clause. I thought you I, th- I thought we were going to pay. Yeah. I thought so it was going to be free. fine. So do we just shut this down now, or? See, what I read, I was, I was, what I read was that we get free meal prep and services for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. So for all listeners, I don't think Cam knows about this yet, but for all listeners of the pod, if you enter in Kid and Crash at Eat Right, you get a discount. And all discounts go directly to my and Austin's pockets, Austin and I's pockets. So yes. get on that, you know? To my yeah, not to my negative. to my habits. So you're not. But you that. could go on eatright.life. <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah, that's shameless. Awesome. You could There's go on eatright.life where we offer amazing conventional ketogenic <laughs> and plant-based meals delivered twice to your door. Let's see. Fresh, twice never frozen. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you though. Outside of the shameless plug and him being my friend, the food is fire. Is it? It's actually pretty good. It's really good. It's actually really. Good. I got some for you. It's actually. No, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go in depth about that though. It's actually I still really got a Popeyes good. chicken sandwich here. Yeah, they, they have a Popeyes chicken this, sandwich. This is where I had to go. Had well, to he's go getting here. one out the fridge. I know there's no video. Let's hope for next episode we'll have a video recording. Yo, there's a Popeyes chicken sandwich meal. Everything. Ketogenic. Oh, ketogenic diet. Put this, this, open this it. One. Open it in the microphone. I want to hear that. Look, this is like. This one's actually conventional. But yeah, it's fine. Look at that. Look at that. got pickles on the side. It's got some, some purple relish. Poppy yeah. seeds. That looks good. Some sauce. Some oh sauce there. Bro, how did you... Did you? Are you just like saving this until it's worth a million dollars or... What, that one sandwich? This Popeye, this Popeye yeah, sandwich. Yeah, that one, that one That's sandwich. That's not an actual Popeye sandwich, no, <laughs> what right? What I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. well, I'm selling those. Those are $1,000 a piece. Yeah. Um, first I like come, that. First serve. Like the valet yeah, guy. Like I like that. left. Yeah. That's a good move. Power Jesus. move by you. No, nah, we just, I mean, we honestly try to be, uh, you know, as a part of the times as possible. Be so smart. Smart. When we see trendy stuff, obviously, you know what I mean? We like to jump on board with it and put our own spin. So that's super healthy. That's conventional. And then we have a ketogenic one as well. Okay. Um, but I mean, people went absolutely crazy for it. I don't know, yeah. you guys, I don't know if you guys saw the commercial for it, but it was I saw the commercial. Hilarious. I thought it was pretty funny. So deep. Yeah, it was pretty fun. amazing, like, media team. So they do some some really creative stuff. Yeah. Would you say that's, like, one of the most essential pieces to running a business nowadays? Like, the media team has to be top-notch. I feel like that's majority of where your eye is going to come from regardless. Um... Yes, I think marketing is my. Yeah, you're good. good. <clears throat> I think marketing is definitely essential. Um, I do think though that more people should probably put like emphasis on, 
like the actual business itself because what a lot of people do is, and you know, I've had multiple businesses over the years and slight flex, <clears throat> slight flex. I love it though. Slight flex. <laughs> I'm just saying I've been, I've been, you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. a victim to that of just having that mindset of, okay, let's grow, grow, grow without figuring out really great marketing grow. and great growing, but like you don't have a product. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people want to grow, grow, grow. And they don't know, you know what I mean? Like they're not ready. They want to do. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen the, the Facebook movie. I mean, he even said, um, I think it was Justin Timberlake said in the, the one, seen you know what i mean like you don't even know what facebook is yeah so a lot of movie by the way amazing movie amazing movie shout out jt um jt (laughs) you and doing pod bro i know you're probably not listening but if someone knows jt and they hear this send it to them yeah i'm gonna be honest jt if you were on this podcast i hope that they treat you better than they treat me (laughs) i hope they're on time i hope instead of bringing uh pinot noir they bring you know okay first of all 1942 i mean i hope that there's there's better accommodations because apparently apparently my rider was not looked at whatsoever uh we we are a wine drinking podcast. We will venture out to to the hard stuff. We, you know, we, we we don't mind, but we majority of the time drink wine. We're, we're in the early stages, and like I said to you pre recording, next time you're on, it'd be better. Yeah. Shout out Don Julio. Um, they need some sponsors. So Don Julio, Tito's <laughs> shit. Don. Jose Cuervo, somebody. I've been a fan <laughs> yeah, of we're not gonna down. do. We're not gonna do Jose Cuervo. Bro, if Jose Cuervo down. cuts a check, we'll have some goddamn Jose Cuervo. Okay, yep. But bro, the homie named Jose Cuervo. We, we can have him a homie on the live, then that'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah. But I, I prefer not to have Jose yeah. Cuervo. I'm sorry, Jose. But no, a lot of people just kind of like focus on like growth, 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 and they don't really figure out how to like sustain. And the problem with business is the larger you get the more susceptible you are to, to failing. Yeah. So if you get so big, you know what I mean? In the beginning, when you're only doing a little bit in billing and, or, you know, you're only paying a little bit in costs. And all of a sudden you get to a point where you're billing a lot of money and you're, you're not doing it right then. I mean, that's a lot of, yeah, a lot of businesses go out. It's a, I like the analogy of like, you're building the walls of like a building, but you're not building any foundation or any structure. Exactly. That's exactly like You're just it. building like where everybody sees on the outside. And then the inside, you're just kind of crumbling. No like there's nothing to hold it up really. Exactly. I mean, marketing is really, really, really important. I mean, that's what I went to school for. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's, it's essential it's just, you know, I think a lot of people should probably get like down to like the nuts and bolts of the business first and, right. before they try and blow yeah, it up. And the, I mean, the cool thing, great thing about marketing is it, it's branding, it's brand awareness. You get your brand out there. You know what I mean? Like there's little quirky things. I mean, there's a reason why our Instagram is time to eat right because it's kind of used as like everyday verbiage. Um, obviously, Ooh, we're see, we're, and I didn't even think about that, hey, but it's that's great. A, that's, that's a that's, that's a good. plug. Right? That's yeah. good. Like, obviously, we're nowhere near a you know a Google or a Facebook, but I mean, you hear people all the time, "Hey, Google me, Google this, whatever it is." I mean, it's, yeah. it's said in everyday language. Google them their verb now, like it's a, it is, and it makes yeah. it people comfortable for it. So, I mean, that's what we do. I just, you know, a lot of people, especially when you start off, you don't really want to throw a ton of money at, at branding. You really want to do things <clears throat> that you're going to see an ROI, like a return on your investment. So you want right. to do things where you know, okay, I'm spending this much money and I'm getting in, I'm getting in return this much in revenue or yeah. this much in sales or whatever it is. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not a McDonald's to where you'll never see McDonald's go on and say, Hey, go to McDonald's and use this promo code. That's never going to happen. That's a good point. They don't care. They just want it's, everyone. It's McDonald's. That yeah, name holds weight. Everyone repetitiously saying McDonald's, thinking McDonald's in their head. Golden yeah. Arches. You see it and you just instantly I remember, like there was, um, McDouble. I remember reading a, a psychology article about the Golden Arches and what that does to like someone's subconscious. Someone's mind. That's crazy. Like, yeah. You immediately like kind of like your mouth, like fix itself for fries. Salivates, like, yeah. 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 That's, that's crazy. Like that. I mean, if you ever look at the FedEx logo, there's an yeah. arrow in there's it. There's an arrow in it. To tell yeah. you it's 
moving forward. Logos Amazon. are crazy. How like certain logos have like certain yeah. like small little social cues and yeah, Amazon psychological has cues. a smile, but it's going from A to Z, and that's to tell you that they sell everything from, from A, to, a, Z. a to, Z. to Z. So there's Z. tons of little. <laughs> yeah, you don't think about that stuff, but that stuff that stuff matters. Of course, that stuff yeah, matters a lot for definitely. sure. There's so much shit to go on in your mind. You have no idea. You have no idea working. what's going on. Oh, like, yeah. It's wild. It's all like crazy repetitious stuff. <clears throat> you don't even know. Have you ever seen, um, what was that movie with uh, Will Smith when they went to New Orleans to uh, focus? Focus. I, I didn't see that movie. That. I heard that movie was bad. I heard it was awful. Excuse Wait, me? I heard that movie was bad. Focus, the, the concussion the movie? No, no, that's not no, 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 not the concussion Focus movie. is with badass Marg, Mar- Mar- Margo, Margot Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, Margot Robbie. She's gorgeous. Robbie. It's Focus the one where he, wait, so like the one like, I'm thinking of is where he has like the English accent, right? That's the concussion one? I guess. Uh, oh, no, 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 he's South African in that one. It's English accent, I'm I pretty guess. sure. Fuck. Well, if you ever watch Focus, and I mean, I pray I'm quoting the right movie, but when they had a football game, yeah. so they had this scene where they're at a football game and they're trying to recoup money that they'd lost or were stolen or something. And they basically, he made a bet with a guy in a suite yeah. and the bet was, I mean, he was putting everything on the line. Everyone's like, you're right. crazy, but he's betting all the money they won that weekend. Yeah. Oh, okay, but what okay. he did though, was he set this guy up all day repetitiously. He had numbers. He basically said, pick anyone on the field. So that you, that you want is like the number. And all day he had had these numbers, like like he had changed numbers in hotels. He had had like whatever it was. It was He that, had a prostitute sent to his room with a tattoo of a 55 yeah. on, the, on her back. So like, the whole time he was doing this and the guy had no idea what was going on. Subconsciously. Subconsciously suggesting that yeah, number. And subconsciously stuff. He had no that idea. That scene was insane That's crazy. too. That scene was insane. He bet that house on that shit. He Not kept up with that movie. Bit. That now I gotta see that. that so he great. like it was so many different things that had like the number fifty five, and then like the song he was playing, yeah, uh, five, and I guess Mandarin is woo, yeah. Uh-huh. So like it's a song, and in the background is woo woo, like about yeah. like twenty times woo woo. Oh, it's very it's just just crazy. So just just mental, like, like a mental yeah. Yeah. fifty five. My F. Then he you told picking up on the curse. film. He knew he was going. And then here's what got it. So the Margaret Robbie, he told her. You pick the number, like, all right, so she picks it. Like, that's the bet. If she picks a number that you're thinking, then we win, type shit. And it was 55. So he on the field, and it was a guy that was with, like, they camp. Yeah. Like, because they had a... But he clearly shouldn't have been in the NFL. He was very out of weight. Like, so <laughs> he was clearly... Who was this fat mother? Yeah, that not on a practice squad. He looked, and they picked the exact same one. Yeah. Fuck, you point at me when you say fat motherfucker. I didn't curse, though. See? I made a point okay. to not curse. All right, all right. Thank you for checking me. We back on. We Noted. Back on. Uh, shout out to Edgar, my father. Did I tell you what he said? I sent him the, <laughs> I, I sent him the podcast link. I had to send it four times. He's like, can you send me that again? I was like, I can't get to it, old people. But he's like, I love the podcast. Love what you guys talking about. But why so much profanity? <laughs> and then I went back and listened to it. And we cursed like every other word. Do you, do you catch yourself <laughs> so, in that sense? I don't know. I don't notice it. I don't know if it's anybody else, but I find myself cursing a lot. I don't notice it, though. I don't even notice it. I just don't really care. Yeah, I don't care either, but, you know. Once my parents stopped like tripping on me cursing, then I was. I don't curse in front of my parents though, just out of like respect. I really. Oh, I don't. Yeah. My mom would be my ass. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, don't I can't. I can't call my mom by her first name. Like, like none of that. I call no. my first name as a joke, but like not like. Uh, it, oh, yeah, it, it never yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I can never say it in a serious conversation. I call. Yeah. I, I call my hello, Robin. There was a Gary V. Um, just did some kind of like video. Someone asked him why he curses so much, and he was like, "That's how I express myself." You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I, yeah. "Yeah, I just so I don't really." Kind of at a point where someone doesn't really want me cursing, then fuck they can get the fuck away from me. Like, that's not the kind of people you want to be around yeah. at that point. That's, <laughs> not I mean, but I don't need that kind of energy in my life. Like, right. seriously, though. I mean, like, to really say, though. 
I mean, it's it's words. It's words. You know? I mean, I mean, I, mean, I know yeah. words hold weight, but like, but be real. The only reason sticks why, and stones may break my bones. Come on, God, he really came out yeah. with that saying. Be real though The only reason why you don't curse Is for respect for your parents You yeah, don't that's care the if reason. cares I don't give a fuck The only reason why I respect for your parents Or people that you love That's it Yeah, yeah. I don't I really don't If that wasn't the case Then way. you'd be saying whatever the hell you wanted Two shit either way Yeah nah, not We so really good. dove in on the deep end At the start of this podcast by the way Dove in on the deep end We dove in we jumped in the deep end. Dove in on the deep end. Jumped in the deep end. You see what I got to deal with, bro? Yeah, again, I'm going to go ahead and say that your name should probably be first. All right, from um, now on. Kid and Crash just rolls the off the tongue. Kid. Yeah. Crashing, crashing kid. kid. Crashing Kid. Kid and Crash. Yeah. Crashing Kid. Crashing Kid. Kid and Crash. Until I'm, you bring something to the table, damn it. You know what I bring? Damn good luck. You bring nothing okay, but light hey, skin energy. listeners, I hope you guys can see him. Oh, wait. You can't because it's not. Because there's no not fun It's episode four. What happened to the video you promised? We're going to set up video. That's next. That's the next step. That's none of my business. What episode do you want video by? You name episode and I have it. By seven. Episode seven will have video? Episode Deal. seven. Deal. We'll Deal. shake on it. Shake you on. guys can't see it because there's no video. <laughs> but we're, shaking, but no we're shaking on it. So episode seven, we're, we'll have video. But now, all right, back on track. So Eat Right. Eat Right is the current venture, correct? Mm-hmm. So... I didn't know this, but before that, you were part owner in Drink? Yeah, I was partner there and uh, operating, uh, or I mean, general manager. So I'd been in the nightclub world for a number of years. I was a promoter for a while. Um, <clears throat> when I was in college, I was in ROTC. Shout out UT. Shout okay. out UT. University UT Tampa. grad, right? Yeah, University of Tampa. Shit. So when I was at uh, UT, I joined a fraternity. Shout out Capasig. And uh, I know about that frat, by the way. Yeah, Bro, we, that frat was crazy. Yeah, that frat was crazy. That frat was crazy. They had a crazy party. Like, they talk about Sigma Kai. Kai. Yeah. Oh, you're a Sigma Kai? Yeah, they Data talk guy. About That's what we used to call you guys. Data guy. Data guy. Yeah, so my, my freshman year was <laughs> like the last actually. year y'all still had presence at the school, kind of. Yeah. And they was like on campus, off campus, whatever it was. And I was like, yo, that, that was like the most lit frat for sure. So when I, so after high school, I went to the army. And so I didn't have like your typical like college experience. Yeah. I mean, I turned 20 in Iraq. So I'm literally Damn. getting like shot at and I'm like 20. I never had it. So I never had a fake idea or any, I mean, that was great for me. Cause I, I'm, I, I love like my military background. I love it. Just, it helps me every day with like leadership. You know what I mean? I mean, we have E-Rate's a, a big operation. Um, and over the years I've obviously had a, a ton of employees. So it really helps with like leadership and, and just kind of knowing how to like treat someone. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people yeah. that <clears throat> get put in leadership positions don't know how to lead. Yeah. And they kind of have this mentality of like, you know, you have to respect me. You have to respect me. I mean, that's not, that doesn't do anything. The second that your soldier or in the civilian world, the second that your employee, you know, teammate gets off of work, I mean, they, they no longer care. So right. yeah, we've built, I've always tried to build a, a community with any of the businesses I'm involved with that, um, you know what I mean? Everyone actually cares about it because that's what you really want. You don't want someone that's a clock in and clock out kind of person. I mean, that's, that's the last thing you want. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's going to be people's mentality no matter what. And there's nothing you can do about it. But, but those are the people you kind of choose away from. I'd yeah. Say. Yeah. You definitely don't want someone like that. So it definitely helps me with leadership um, a lot. But yeah, I mean, I went to college and I remember because obviously I started when I was 22. So I was 22 year old freshman. Damn. Shit, you was buying shit. everybody beer. You like the, uh, you like the um the the kicker from the U. Yo, have you seen that guy? No, the used punter is a twenty four year old Australian. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Bad. <laughs> he's like, yo, like, he's tatted. He looks crazy. Just it's pretty funny. Tea. No, I've never seen that. So that, when I went to school, I knew one girl that was there that I went to high school with. She was a part of the UT nursing program. So it was why, her. F- why UT, by the way? Randomly. All right. So. When I got, actually, we can talk about anything on this podcast. Yeah, so, just, just, just do whatever you want, dog. I don't care. Literally, there's so no filter. I, um, oh, wow. I thought we had a story coming. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I definitely, if anyone out there is listening, and you've ever been in the military, and the military has done you wrong, you'll absolutely love this story. So the military is a, is a big mind fuck. Like literally they, I mean, they taught me at 19 that like it was okay to go to Iraq. It was okay to shoot someone. Again, I absolutely love the military. Like I still, I mean, you've been around me. Everything I have is military oh, yeah. time. You, like, you rep all the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Operation Iraqi. Yeah, we yeah. Operation Iraqi Freedom Hat all the time. So I love the military, but the institution that is the military, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a mind fuck. So I got back from Iraq and uh, I started going to what we call boards. Um, and it's basically, you go to a board to get promoted. So I got promoted really young. I was, uh, 20 years old when I got promoted to Sergeant. So I had like 17 soldiers. Every single one of them was, uh, older than me, except for one. So I was thrusted into a, a leadership, um, position. And then at 20, they're probably like, fuck this young guy. Yeah. I was about to say, no, how, it doesn't work like that. Really? Yeah, I was about to say, how does that work whenever someone that's older than you is like beneath you? So to speak? so the military is a lot different than like any job you've ever had. I mean, in the military, you're, you're NCO, non-commissioned officer. So you're sergeant, you're, um, you're sergeant, you're uh, staff sergeant. This is where I get real military. You're staff sergeant, you're sergeant first class. They don't just, I mean, they basically control your life. Like I've seen NCOs and NCOs is basically a sergeant. I've seen NCOs at the mall that saw a soldier walking with his wife and kid. The soldier's pants were sagging. He didn't look presentable. He wasn't in uniform. He was in civilian clothes. And I've seen him make this dude drop and do push-ups in the middle of a mall. Damn. I mean, that's just like, it's real. That's how it is. Wow. Because it's the, the thing is the penalties of not listening in the military are so much more severe. It's not like you just get fired. Like, yeah, you get you, fucked up. You, well, you go to Leavenworth, like you, you can go to jail. Oh shit! Like, wait, yeah, sit, wait, dead ass for yeah for Leavenworth. You can go to jail. Like it's oh, like is that like uh, it's for a for I don't know shit about the military, military jail. Military so jail. Like, um, yo, honestly, bro, just hearing this, military jail sound way worse than regular jail. Oh yeah, it's definitely I mean, way worse. Like, I don't even I don't even <laughs> I, don't, I can just I don't even, guess. I don't even know what yeah. goes down there, but I just oh, know. It. I mean, it's just they don't. I mean, it's already a little a lot of butt stuff. Life, right? A lot anyway, of butt stuff. so yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, back when I was in, that's a crazy thing too. Like when I was in the military, like. Now, I mean, obviously I have a lesbian mother um, and I love, I mean, I have tons of like gay, lesbian, like friends, family members. Um, so I got, you know, kind of into that society of like knowing those people yeah. and just coming to love those people and, and treating them as human beings um, a lot faster. When I went in the military, I mean, that shit wasn't flying. Don't yeah. Ask, yeah. Don't ask, don't tell was a real thing. Like That's now, crazy now yeah, when I was in, it was don't ask, don't tell. So before I was in, you couldn't be gay at all. Then when I was in, it was, you could be, you could be gay, lesbian, but if anyone found out about it, you get kicked out. I've seen people get kicked out of the military for being gay, lesbian, the whole nine yards. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a lower quality of life in, in those jails. I mean, back in the day, you saw the, the soldiers that, uh, mistreated the Iraqi um, prisoners at uh, Abu Ghabi. Abu Ghabi. Um, they went to the living, I mean, Leavenworth. I mean, it's just it's not the place that you want to go. So yeah, I mean, if you if you disobey a direct order, I mean, that's 
that's the thing. It's not, it's not like you walk into McDonald's and you know, your boss says, Hey, get on the fries. And you say, fuck you. I'm out. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, you're out of a job. No, like you can go. That's can great. Go is it ever that yeah, extreme no though? Where like, or like you said, like you're in the mall, make you do pushes or is it ever like some wild shit, like out in public, not in uniform. Like you ever hear cases like that? Or uh, I mean, I've seen probably the most nuts we shit. Had, bro. When I was in basic training, we used to have basic training is probably the worst. I don't know how it is now. I'm sure that basic training is probably gotten um a little bit i don't know more laxed but when i was in basic training i mean it was it was bad like we had drill sergeants that i mean that's their job is to break you down like the whole point of basic training and drill sergeants is they don't want to send you into the military into your unit and have you be weak because weaknesses is a killer so when you're in iraq all of a sudden if something's popping off something's going down and all and you're pissing your pants yeah i mean you're that people can lose their lives so i mean i saw everything they had we had a kid that got put on suicide watch because his uh his mom was dying and he used to wear in a basic training the glasses they give you um we call them bcgs because they're coke bottle glasses so we call them BCGs. They're called uh, birth control goggles. So basically what it means is like while you're wearing those, like you're not getting like no one's fucking you. No, <laughs> birth control goggles. Nobody is fucking you, period. So there was this kid that used to wear them. And I remember he like went into chow hall one day and the drill sergeant took it off of his face. And he knew his mom. I mean, his mom was dying of cancer at the time. And he knew it. He's like, oh, my God, I can see into the future with these. Your mom's getting, you know, effed in the effed in the A. Oh, God she just died. Damn. Yeah, they, they're like, they're rough. That's there. fucked up. Yeah, yes. they're rough there. I mean, it's a, like I said, it's a it's big a, mental. It's a mental. It's fuck. a mental game. Everything in the military is mental, bro. Yo, I'm not going to lie. I would have snapped and tried to fight that guy. 100%. Man, Do you really? Would, all right. No. I probably would have lost because I know those, like dudes can fight and kick ass, but. It's not they can fight. It's just there's more of them. Yeah. There, and no one else is going to help you. Like, don't nah, that. No one else is going to help you. No one else is going to help you. He would have had the That's like going against the gang. Yeah, no one else. I would have took whatever chow hall fork, shoved that shit right in his throat. Yeah, no, nah, no one else is going to. I mean, no one else. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's literally the world's biggest mind fuck. I mean, you'll, you, we used to go on runs and we would, you know, do like, we'd be at like the seven, eight mile mark. And then they would increase the pace to like a 12 minute pace. And then everyone would start falling out of the run. Yeah. But the pace was only 12 minutes for like a minute. But no one knows that. So as soon as you start running at a 12 minute or a, I'm sorry, a six minute mile pace, 12 minute, two mile, sorry, a six minute mile pace. As soon as that happens, you've already run seven, eight miles. You're like, oh, my dead. God, I can't do you're this anymore. Dead. But yeah. they want they want you to have the mentality of like, Push I through. can do yeah. anything like you're Push not going to. Yeah, so when, when you're at that like breaking point, like you're saying that like seven, eight, like whatever, you're at seven miles or whatever it is and they turn it up on you. Ten seconds seems like forever. You know, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. But and I mean, it's at that just, point, you're supposed in, to push you by that point. Push yeah, you I mean, past. at that point, you're in you're in great shape. So it's again, it's a lot of things are mental, and that that's not just the military. I mean, that's everything in life. There yeah, tons absolutely. Of times that people get down. I mean, you know, you, I find it very hard pressed that you would find a, a insanely successful person in today's society that you know just had the easy way through the whole thing. You know, what you I mean? can't like, push those push through those ceilings. Yeah, yeah, you have to. So yeah. So yeah, oh yeah. So back to the military story. So I came back and uh, I went to the board and I did really good at the board because the board was, I mean, I was really into the military. I'm one of those people, like if I'm into something, I, I dive commit. into it. Yeah, I commit big time. So I was really into it. Uh, I started studying, studying. So I went to a board and I crushed the board. So they sent me to another board. Did really well at that board. I went to like six boards on our base. Um, and finally, I was about to be soldier of the year for my base. 
So our base had 15,000 soldiers on it. So being soldier of the year is like, that's a pretty big, it's a huge huge honor. And not only that, it's not a huge honor for you. It's a even bigger honor for your direct commanders. Because you make them look yeah, really you good. Look, they, they can breathe these. So, they can breathe oh, soldiers yeah. of the year. Like, yeah, yeah, they look they look amazing. So I mean, it was bro. Like we would my um we would have like uh we'd go out to like the field, and literally my commander would come and say, uh, "Hey, where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm packing to go out to the field." He's like, "No, no, no, you're staying here. You're you're gonna study." So like I didn't have to. I mean, it was sham. I didn't yeah. have to do shit. Like literally, my job was to study for probably like five six months. So I ended up winning soldier of the year. Went to um, Washington, D.C. When I was in D.C., there was a um, three-star general, which to us is a uh, lieutenant general. Um, A lieutenant general in the Army is pretty rare. It would kind of be, and if you're in the military, generals are like celebrities because you don't really see them a lot. So a lieutenant general would kind of be like walking down the street and seeing like Jay-Z. I know it sounds stupid, but like that's literally, that's how it is. Yeah, or like if you worked at... You know, if you worked at uh, Best Buy and all of a sudden you walk and Best your Buy CEO, CEO walks in, it's just, you know, it's like it's someone's just, a big deal. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge deal. So we went I went to his house because um, he used to be the general of the division I was in. So I went to his house. He's like, what do you want to do with military career? And I said, well, sir, I want to be an officer because I was a sergeant at this time. And he goes, OK, he said, um, you sit down with me, talk to me for like five, ten minutes. And he's like, uh, do you need my uh, charter? Oh, no, okay, sits down, talks to me like five, 10 minutes, and he says, um, uh, All right, I'm going to give you a letter of recommendation. Because they had this program at the time called Green to Gold, where basically they kick you out of the army, you go to college, ROTC, you come back in the army. So this was probably. Well, yeah, I did that. So this was probably like, I'd say February or March of 06. So I go, I come back. I do my uh, green to gold paperwork, my packet, and I submitted for the four-year degree. So basically, I already had college credits, but I just did the, the, the longest one. So submitted everything, submitted everything. Then I found out that I was going to get stop loss. So I had already spent 14 months in Iraq. The Army has this thing called stop loss, which means if your unit is set to deploy within six months of you ETSing or you getting out of the military, the Army legally... Even though you've served your time, you've done everything you were told to do, the army can legally hold you in the military to deploy to war to come back. So I was set to get out in August of 2006, August 1st of 2006. My unit was deploying in January. I had already done 14 months in Iraq. I'd already done my time, everything. I was going to be stop lost. I probably was not going to get out of the military for like two years after um, my original ETS date, like what I signed up for. Because I was going to get stop lost. So there is a clause, though, that if you're doing something to further your military career, i.e. you're going to school to be an officer, they can't stop loss you because they're looking at it like you're coming back in. So I, I called the number. There was this lady. There's a like a, a lady at, in D.C. that I would call every day. And I, I don't even remember her name, but I'd say, hey, you know, here's my social security number. Like, did I get did I make it? Did I make it? Did I make it? This is probably now like. June, July, or June of, of 2006. I said, did I make it? Did I make it? Finally, I call and she says, you got accepted. You won. You got the four-year scholarship. You're good to go. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, when? I, this I is can not- only imagine the relief. Oh, yeah. Well, this, is, this is fucked up. I've been tweaking out. This is fucked up how my mind works. I said, let me ask you a question. When are you going to notify my unit? She said, oh, we send... Because I was calling her, like trying to expedite it, figure out if I made it or not. Yeah. 
Um, she said, oh, we're going to send a letter out to your unit next week. I said, OK, perfect. I ran down to my re-up office, which is the reenlistment. I said, what's the most amount of time I can reenlist for right now? And how much money can I get? She said, well, if we send you to South Korea, which no one wants to go to, um, and you and you enlist for another four years, we'll give you 20 grand. I said, cool, sign me up. She's like, you want to go? You're volunteering to go to South Korea. I said, yeah, 100%. Sign me up. Yo, you are a fucking scumbag. Sign, sign. I said in the beginning, I said in the beginning of this that anyone that listened to this that ever was in the military will love oh this story. God, I said, sign me up. She said, are you sure you know what you're doing? I said, yes. Her name was Staff Sergeant Bennett. I said, Staff Sergeant Bennett, sign me up right now. I, I'll, I'll literally sign on the dotted line. Came back the next day, signed my paperwork. The next week, my unit gets the, uh, I already gotten my 20K cash. It's in my bank account. I'm Gucci. The next week, my unit gets the official letter from Washington, D.C. that I got into the Green to Gold program. I got out of the Army a month and a half later to go to school and never went back in. Never, they never got the 20 grand back. They couldn't take it. They had no idea. Fuck. Yo. Yo, that's some fucking Mark. That's some fucking like. Damn, I always yell. Sorry. <laughs> Yo, That's some like Wolf of Wall Street type hustle type but shit. You're in the military, like, you got you to gotta do stuff like that, though. That so is I'm about to crazy. Say, a structure like that, it's got to be way too difficult to finesse. Or they, you already oh know they got a leg God. up on you. So to be they able to do that, yeah, that's pretty always, impressive. They always have a leg up. I mean, you got to, there's always, you know, a, a way to cheat or beat the system, not cheat the system, but. But beat it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, in, in all actuality, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I just found out information right. and did some insider trading. You, 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 you had the same knowledge as they did. Like, yeah. Like, you, you leveled up on their yeah, knowledge. I, just, I don't think there's I anything wrong with that. She should have and be like, hey, is he in well, the She had no idea that I had even applied. Oh. So, yeah, she, she wouldn't have known. So, basically, when it came down. That's hilarious. Yeah, basically, when it came down, they said, okay, you can go to any school you want. Um, and I had really good grades. I went to the University of Hawaii when I was, I was stationed in Hawaii. So, I went to the University of Hawaii when I was uh, in the military, like satellite campus to do classes. So, I had good grades. So, my choices, I wanted to come back home because I'm from St. Pete. So, my choices were basically like USF or UT. Military was paying for it, so I was like, "Fuck it, I might as well go to UT." Great education, smaller classes. I don't sit in auditorium. I mean, I think my biggest class ever was like my college algebra class with thirty-five people. So you know, I was like, "All right, I'll." This is one of the that. best parts about UT: is small classes are dope. Oh yeah, amazing. So I, I picked UT. They gave me a presidential scholarship on top of what I already had. So basically, when I was at UT, I was in ROTC. They were just like they were paying me my GI Bill. So what my GI bill would have been paying towards my college, they were, I was getting that as like salary, you could say, like a paycheck. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Um, I was an idiot and I did not, I was so excited about going to college and getting out of the military that I never once thought about the distance in between UT and my house since my mom's house in St. Pete. <laughs> so they're like, oh, do you want a dorm room? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to stay at home. I had managerial accounting. First year, oh eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> that drive over the bridge from from I had like exact same class from like the worst Tyrone shit. area, St. Pete, like like down by like the the the, uh, the stadium. Yeah. So after a couple of days, I'm like, man, I can't do it. So when I joined, it was all wrapped around the fraternity. So I knew one girl there, and I walked up to her, and they were rushing, and I said, hey, you know, um, I got a question. She's like, what's up? I said, uh, what fraternity gets the most ass? That's literally what I said. <laughs> No, no bullshit. I literally said, what fraternity gets the most ass? Gene, yes. No, dead ass. So, genius. 
There's so many fraternities that are so mad because they weren't the answer to that question. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, that's I, a fact. I literally asked her that. So she goes, all right, give me a couple <laughs> give me a couple of hours. Text some of her girls. She texts back Kappa Sig. I said, right. <laughs> yeah, Kappa Sig, I hate those fuckers. <laughs> I ran down to Kappa Sig, um, pledged. It was cool. When I, I mean, I was like pledge class president, but it was uh, it was cool for me because like I was older. Like they didn't make me do any of the shit. Yeah. Because everyone. Because you're older than them. Well, not only that, like and if you're key, they're probably scared of you. Yeah. Like, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Bro, Military, like, older, been to Iraq. They're probably scared of you. I had been to Iraq. I had like just gotten back the year before. Oh so like God. while they're making everyone else like do laundry, go get them food. They're like, yo, sit down, just talk to me about the military. Like nobody would do. Yeah. yeah there was like nothing. I mean, they just. And rightfully so. I mean, I wasn't going to, you know, go off and kill anyone, but they just thought, I mean, they didn't know anything. These, these are rich kids from Connecticut. Yeah, they're, they're 19, like, 20 years old. Yeah. You're 22. Yeah, they have no idea Bro, what was going change. on. Yeah, they had no idea what was going on. So, yeah, that's why I went uh, Kaposik. Smart man. Damn, bro. That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. First off, all right. We First off, get, kudos. Kudos for finessing. We didn't get a chance to acknowledge the fact that he finessed the way he did. Like, Genius. Yeah. That's very impressive. <laughs> How did you, but no, how did you, so you're 19 at the time? No, I was 22 at this time. 22 at the time. Yeah, so you've been in the military for how many years? Four? Four. I went in for uh, August 2nd, 2002. I got out August 6th, 2006. Okay, so you basically had like a master's in fucking, or like a bachelor's in fucking the military. Oh, I mean, yeah, when you're in there, if you're, if you're smart enough, I mean, you can, you learn stuff See out. How yeah, you work. know who you can talk to certain ways. I mean, you know, you know certain things you can do. Um, but, but understanding how, like those loopholes that you were able to kind of like find and execute through. Like, did you have to know older people that been through that already? No, that's I mean, I didn't watch? know. I didn't know anyone. You just that. knew that they would give you a check if you said, "Hey, yeah, I said." I mean, knew I that. just I researched online. I didn't know anyone that had gone through green to gold because I was still. I mean, I was still young, so I didn't know a lot of officers. So when you come back in from green to gold, you're an officer, and officers and enlisted are very segregated. Um, you know, I. I kind of crossed those lines when I was um, a younger soldier, but they're very like segregated. Like, you know, you're not supposed to like fraternize with officers. You're not supposed to do anything. Um, when I got accepted though, it was amazing. Like they literally didn't make me do shit. Like, really? Oh yeah. Because the officers, again, everything in the military is about how you look. So if you have a soldier, that's a, a super a stud soldier and it makes you, I mean, you literally walk around with your chest poked yeah. out because it just makes you look that much better. So when I got accepted, when they found out, um, officers have officer PT and then like enlisted soldiers have enlisted PT. So literally my like company commander would come pull me out of morning PT and he'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, sir, I'm about to, you know, go run, go do this 20 mile ruck march. He's like, no, 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 you're going to come play uh, football with us. So like, I'm literally like 22 years old playing with like majors, uh, Lieutenant colonels, like just playing football. But so my, my NCOs used to get pissed because oh, NCOs, NCOs that have been in the military for a while, they're old. They're very like, it's kind of like an old detective or an old, you know what I mean? Like yeah. sergeant, like they're very stuck in their way. So they like the had bad boys movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pulling you out of there for this. And yeah. That. So like they had the opportunity to go officer. They just decided that the NCO route was better for them. So, um, we used to like, they would get pissed. Like, oh, where do you think you're going? I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they would get yelled at. Like, yo, what, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Like, <laughs> this, like, certain folks just come with us. Like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. And if they're talking to an officer, I mean, it's, yeah, they're, they're smart. Nothing they can not do. Shit. Yeah, there's nothing they could do. So, no, it was sham. Once I got accepted, bro, I didn't do shit. I didn't go to work. I didn't do, I literally sat in my room and played Halo all day. That's all I did for, like, the last two months of the Army. I didn't have to do anything when I was in there. So, I mean, it wasn't, like, necessarily a... Uh, talk to anyone. I mean, I just kind of, 
I had researched a lot and figured out that you did you your know, shit. You did yeah, your research. You're, you're, you're on it. Continuing your military career, they can't kick you out. That was basically the thing. And then from there, I just, you know, kind of figure out how to get it done. But yeah, shout that's out to awesome. the army for that 20K. Peace. Appreciate it. Bro, that that's shit is awesome. impressive, man. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. It. Now, in hindsight, though, I never went back into the military. And up until probably like two years ago, I mean, I was never really like worried. But up until like two years ago, they could have very easily been like, yo, you're coming back in. Really? Yeah, if something would have popped off, like a war or something, oh, 100%. Yeah, I would have been going back in. So you was really? looking at Trump on TV like, nope. Nigga, don't yeah. fuck this up for I me. Yeah, up until like two years ago, I mean, now they couldn't, they can't get me back Is in. Is there like a limit Clear. statute? Yeah, it's a, it's a age. I want to say it's 33 or 30. If it's 34, then it was just last year. I mean, I kind of knew. Like, when you get older, it's not like they're going to. Yeah. Because honestly, if they would have called me back in, bro, I would have done nothing but eat McDonald's for like a year. And been <laughs> so out of shape. And be like, yo, if you really want to take me like, to war. really think I can Go yeah. for it. <laughs> but, I mean, they really don't care. When I went to Iraq, we deployed, like, January 4th of uh, 04. When I went to Iraq, I came home for um, R&R, technically, I guess. It was leave. So, when I came home, um, I got in a car accident the night before New Year's Eve. I was in St. Pete. I was backseat. Um, this guy's Mustang. He ended up going, like, 75 miles an hour through a residential area, hit water, ran directly into a uh, telephone pole. I was knocked out unconscious. I woke up and yeah, I woke up in the hospital. Um, I had fractured a bone on my leg. So me, I get back to my unit. I'm on crutches. I walk in. No, pissed. No, not at all. I walk into my company commander's office. I'm like, sir, I'm so sorry that this happened. I show him like the hospital report. I'm like, you know, obviously I can't, I can't deploy because we were deploying in like two days. I was like, obviously I can't deploy. I'm on crutches. He's like, oh no, no, you're coming with us. What do you mean? You're, you're, you're still going to be there. So we literally deployed to Iraq. We up armored all of our vehicles in Kuwait, which is south of Iraq. We had a six day, like 400 mile convoy to Kirkuk. We were in northern Iraq. Six I'm, days? Six days Damn, driving. That's a long drive. Yeah. I'm li- I mean, we would like sleep Stop at night. Sleep, whatever, yeah, but yeah, but still. I mean, even at night, it's not really sleep because everyone's on ships because you got to pull duty. I mean, you're at war. There's no, yeah. like, it's real. So I'm literally, you know, when like we would suspect IEDs on the road or something, I'm getting out of my vehicle on crutches, pulling like guard on crutches. Like if something went wrong, I would have been completely fucked. Don't ask me to move because yeah. uh, I can't go very fast. Yeah, I can't. Like I would have been completely fucked. But yeah, they didn't. They didn't care at all. No, they said fuck that. You're nah, they sent me right over there with crutches. They could care less. None whatsoever. Was all in all. Wait, fuck. So what would you say is like your most wild like military story? Um, or is there like one wild or you just go on and on about how wild these shits are? No, nah, I mean, there's I mean, it would definitely be something from Iraq. Yeah. I mean, I saw bro, anything you think of. I saw I mean, I've, I've shot someone myself. I've seen people get shot like right in front of me. Blood splattered all over like me. Blasted. Um, probably actually the craziest thing wasn't even which is weird because this was the only thing. My thing over there was like, I was numb to it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you just get, you yeah, get so used to you it. You almost kind of have to, though. Like, I mean, after you see, like, over like there. I say, what, what do you think is a number? Once you see that many, you're like, this is it. This is what it is. Like, for me, it wasn't really, for me, it was like one. I mean, it wasn't really, because at that point, like, you know, they say a big term when you're in um, Iraq, uh, with, besides, uh, I'd rather be tried by 12 and carried by six, which means shoot first, ask questions later. Um, A big 
thing that you're taught over there is complacency is a killer. So, you know, these guys over there, I mean, they're not, they're not dumb in any way, shape or form. Like Iraqis are very intelligent. And if anything, they're so much more almost intelligent. I mean, obviously they don't have the modern technology we have, but I mean, this is their life. Like, you know, when I went into the military at 18, like that's just what I got sprung into doing. I mean, these guys have been raised since they could walk. They had guns in their hands. They were around guns. To be killers. Yeah, this is, this is their life. Um, yeah. Your average, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are now, but I mean, your average Iraqi citizen back when I went, I think they made like 1,200 American dollars a year. Holy shit. So 1,200? Yeah. So you have, you have these uh, terror cells that, that's why you have so many suicide bombers because you have these terror cells that have oil money, millions and millions and millions of dollars and they'll go to these families and say, hey, look, we'll give you $35,000, $40,000 if you go blow yourself up. So this person knows and in their lifetime, they'll probably never make that much money. But they yeah, can give it to their, their families. families yeah. and, and they're, it's a religious thing to them too. I mean, so there's like meaning to it and all yeah. this. There's a lot I mean, for whoever. I used to see, I would see like Iraqis get shot and killed with like smiles on their faces because they truly believe that Allah wants them to do, wants them to put harm to the U.S. So when they die, they they honestly feel that it's they're going to heaven. Yeah, they feel that they died for That's like a, crazy. a purpose. Yeah, it's it's crazy over there. But probably um for me, I just got kind of like numb to stuff. But the toughest thing for me was always like my mom. You know, I'm the only child, so I'm on my mom has. So yeah, hardest thing was for me. I mean, she would even like I'd talk to her once in a while. She'd be like, "Oh, what happened?" I'd be like, "Oh, I mean, I would lie to her all the time." I told her, "Tell her shit was like chill." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's like, I'm so, not doing much." Like, yeah, it's so chill here. There's no nothing. I mean, meanwhile, in the 14 months I was stationed there, I think like 706 bombs hit our base. Um, and the shitty thing is you never know where they're coming from. Um, they got really smart. So there's these um, 40 mic mic, 40 millimeter tubes, basically. And when you drop a 40 millimeter bomb down it, around down it, it shoots off and it goes. I mean, artillery uh, soldiers use them a lot. And what they used to do is we had systems that would tell us where it came from. So we have what's called a QRF teams, quick reaction forces. So they would pick up where the bomb came from. They'd go out and they'd kill whoever it was. They shot it as and- so they started getting really smart. And what they would do is in, in the uh, container, they would put uh, deteriorating things, um, bamboo, ice. They put stuff like that and they put the bomb on top of it. So it's not going to shoot off then. But, you know, after it deteriorates, after the ice melts, whatever it is, uh, you know, days later, all of a sudden a bomb comes. They've been gone for a week. I mean, they're at home. You know, chilling. Like, that shit's going off. And they have no idea. So probably the worst was we were on an Air Force base and um, we hated the fucking Air Force. It was bad. But there was a um, weapons uh, tunnel, <laughs> ammunition tunnel. And they I guess they were supposed to mow the grass or they're supposed to do something. But the grass was really long. So we had a bomb hit and it actually caught fire and it blew up all of our own ammunition that was on the base. Oh, so shit. the whole time... And this was on CNN. It's actually still on CNN. I looked at it the other day. Um, that's how my mom knew about it. So the whole time we're getting bombed by ourselves. But I mean, these are like not like like rounds. I mean, They're these like are like these are bombs you drop on cities. These yeah, are. I mean, it was it was an Air Force base. So oh, they had any, shit. any bombs that you see on TV that they drop on like off. cities. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about 200 pound bombs that they're. And it was all bomb. y'all's ammunition. It was all of ours. So we're getting attacked basically by our own stuff. I mean, we're all in bunkers, but at any point in time, like we could have all been completely right. gone. Yeah, completely, completely gone. So that's how much how much uh, ammunition would you say went off? It went off straight for probably about an hour and a half. 
So an hour and a I'd half. I'd be so scared. We're in we're in bunkers, but we have no idea what's going on. So we you just think it's just yeah, raining down. Time. We think that they're attacking us. So the whole time, I mean, I don't know which is really better, but the whole time we're thinking that they're like trying to overrun the base. So we have no idea. I mean, you don't, you wouldn't send off that many bombs at us unless you're trying to overrun the base. I mean, what they typically do is they send one or two off, they run, whatever. But we're thinking this is like a, a heavily armed militia group that's really trying to like over, over on the base. Cause we were a high value base. I mean, we had, we had the air force. So we had planes, we had jets, we had Blackhawks, we had, we had, I mean, anything you could think of that's that right. would have been huge for them. Um, you know, a, a big military advantage. So yeah, we had no idea, but I called my mom like a day later and she was hysterical cause she'd seen the whole thing. So that was probably like the worst. Did she know me. you were there? Yeah, she knew it was my base. Yeah. So that was probably like the worst for me, just having to deal with that. You know, because like the military was my decision. It wasn't anyone else's decision. So it's tough when like something that you've decided to do is and your mom. Is now your mom's got no control. Yeah, yeah that mother. Your moms are just gonna be worried no matter and what. Probably, right? Despite the mom's decision as well, she probably didn't want you to go. Or how was that? No, no. I mean, I was a badass kid though. So yeah. she, probably, she probably. I mean, at that point, that was you know one of my only like raw options that I had. I mean, I just wasn't. Like I got sent away when I was younger. I went to the Florida Sheriff's Youth Ranch, which oh man, yeah, shout out, shout so out Florida Sheriff's Youth Ranch. Some Florida people, y'all might. That's know, like I'm gonna have to break that down. For they me. just send badass kids there. Yeah, so it's, so kind of it's, like it's basically well, it's like a ranch. So you have there's three cottages. At least the one I went to, there's a girls' cottage, there's a boys' cottage, and then there's a mandated cottage, which are like the kids that like basically went to juvie fuck up and the coat like ultimate fuck yeah court, court was like this is where you got to go for mine for my cottage and the girl's cottage i mean parents that send their children there the the parents have to pay so i mean i don't know how much it was but i mean i was there for probably like a year during Damn. high school so i got sent away i was just doing dumb shit like i was sneaking out of the house i was like disabling our alarm system so i could get out stealing the car like i was just born military yeah, man. crazy yeah, ass i was kid. doing badass shit and when my mom caught me i had like went out and it always works like this too, bro. Like you ever do something real fucked up and like you, you're like, all right, it's the last time I'm doing this shit. Like that's always <laughs> the time that you get caught. So yeah, I've never got caught. How many times ever? Uh, I was about to hey, say, Edgar, 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 did you hear that? <laughs> only be only the only reason I never got caught for shit is because my brother was a fucking idiot. So like, what do you mean? He would just get caught doing everything. So like I just kind of learned from his mistakes. Like. Obviously, like, my brother wasn't good at sports. I was good at sports. So, like, AAU tournaments, he'd be in town. Like, like my, like, later in high school, tournaments, we were out of town. My brother threw a house party. My neighbor's like, hey, uh, oh, there's a bunch of cars parked outside. They broke our pool. The they suburbs. broke the screen to our pool, and there's two kids in our pool. Uh, I'm, I know you guys are out of town. I'm just letting you know. So, like, <laughs> you got some snitch-ass neighbors. Yeah, oh, oh, you know why? I know my neighbors never want to hear this or probably shouldn't say this. But they had a daughter who's the same age as my brother, and she wasn't cute. Okay. Uh, yeah, and they didn't let her into the party. No. So, so you think that she called her parents? I think she just went back home and hey, was like, hey, they party. didn't let me into the party. They're throwing a party. She was probably like, what's all that noise next door? Yeah. Like, you guys should say something. I don't think she straight up snitched or just like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Get to your party. I live next door to you. Did you know she lived next door to you? I, yeah. Well, when she, but did you know they didn't let her into the party? Well, my brother told me they didn't let her in. Okay, well then you're an absolute idiot because you should have went next door. You should have texted her. My brother, my, her. no, not me. My brother should be like, hey, like there's a party, come over, like make sure your parents don't say anything. Yeah, like what? I mean, those are the ones you always take care exactly. of. Exactly. Wow. All yeah. the neighbors are all the neighbors are good. But yeah, they they broke my parents' screen. They broke the neighbor's screen. Uh, they broke like he had like two or three parties. They broke uh. 
They broke a bunch of shit. And then one time there was like a flower from like a girl's hair outside when my parents got back. And my mom was like, what is this flower? Anthony, what is this flower? <laughs> and he's what? like, uh, my brother's the worst liar ever. Like, like he can't. This is not a chance. He, he does this thing where he rubs his nose when he starts lying. He rubs his nose? He would like, so he would t- make like, you, there's no video once again. I'm sorry. He makes like so you a have three to be very vivid in your description. with his hand and will like rub his nose when he gets lying. He's like, uh, uh I can't think of like a type tell. shit. And every time my parents knew he was lying. So when I wanted to do like wild shit, I never threw parties at the house because it was just too, it would have been too hard because my brother was gone out of the house at the time. Like when I was old enough to throw parties and stuff. So my parents were always home. And I just would like be out way past what I was supposed to, kind of sneak out, just do whatever. And you never got caught? Also, it wasn't like that bad in high school. What's your brother's name? Anthony. Um, anyone, if you ever play poker with Anthony, that's his tell. <laughs> three fingers on the nose. Yeah, three, three fingers, fingers on the nose. That's no, that motherfucker lying. He, he, he lying. In high school, I still, like, you, could, you couldn't have told me I wasn't going to play, like, high-level basketball, so I was just working out all the time. Like, my thing was, like, I'm going And to you got away with it? I'm either going to the league or I'm going to play overseas in the best league there is. Like, you couldn't talk me out otherwise. Like, I was too naive, but... It was weird, bro. I kind of knew from the jump I wouldn't. <laughs> I see. I had no idea because I was I was working out with people who were in the league, so I yeah. was like, I'm playing with these. I was. Yeah. I had like an. I always had like a thought, maybe like one or two workouts. It dawned my freshman crazy. year of college, like, damn, I'm really not. Like, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not that good. But ever since I was little, my parents put me on teams where there were like outstandingly people better than me. Yeah. So I was never like the best player. So I never had that thought. Yeah. You, it, it happens for everybody. Yeah. Well, back to Cam. And back from all the, the Iraq shit's crazy. No, I, I got a question that I want to know about the military. I just want to shift gears. I have a different question. I've been, I've never asked him this. Is in it like our on long, the military at all? No. Or what is it? It's about the drink. About the drink? Okay. First, let me ask this question about the military. Then we'll okay. move to the drink. All right. All right. We'll, we'll come back to my question. I was going to say that anyway. All right. okay. We'll come back. So, as far as the military, so I said, I figured from what you told us, the biggest lesson you picked up was leadership, right? How to lead and the right ways to lead, right? So the biggest dilemma I've ever heard when it comes to leadership is, is it better to be feared or is it better to be loved or Ooh, respected? That's a good one. So um, I feel like in your perspective, at least from what you said, that the fear of a leader is more effective. No, I think you need to be a hybrid um, I mean, I, for instance, if anyone's, you know, ever worked with me, I mean, I don't let any employee I've ever had call me boss. I don't call. I was, I can note to that. I was there in the office one day, new employee walked in and she was like, what does she say? Like, no, just call me Cameron or call me Cam. Like you like shut it yeah, down quick. Said something like boss. I mean, I just don't, I don't let any of our staff call me boss. When I, you know, when I talk about things, it's not me, me, me. I mean, a lot of stuff is about the team. It's not directive. It's like, you're one of the players, not so much the coach. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be. I mean, you, you know, I'll never, like, I, I'll roll up my sleeves the same way that I expect any, any of our teammates to do. Um, the being feared thing, I think, I mean, if that works for some people, great. Uh, when I was in the military, I remember I used to have a really shitty uh, NCO. And one day I went to another NCO and I was just really upset. He's like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, you know, Sarn, like this, 
this guy is just, he's just constantly on me is you have those people that go same thing. I mean, no offense. Uh, police officers are, are amazing and they're a necessity and they, they yeah. keep us safe. But you know, you have those cops that just got bullied in high school or, you know what I mean? They and it's literally were, a power trip. And yeah, became a cop and take, take advantage of the power. Yeah, and now, they now they just want that power. And it's the same thing in the military. So I said, you know, Sorry and I, and I was, I had just become a sergeant as well. And, you know, I was like, this guy just like nonstop, he just rags on me, you know, for whatever reason. And he's like, good, you can learn from him. I said, what do you mean? He's like, you can learn something from any leader you ever come across in, in your life. If it's a good leader, you learn how to lead. If it's a bad leader, you learn how not to lead. So his, his approach was the fear, which yeah. if that works for you, Great. I mean, I would rather have people do things because they respect me and they know at the end of the day, they want to work for you, not yeah, because you're scared of you. Exactly. And they know at the end of the day, like I have their best interest in mind. They know at the end of the day that like, you know, my ideas or our ideas, you know, collectively as a group um, that I'm spearheading are, are what's best for the company or whatever it may be. So I'm not a big fan about the fear thing. I don't have any employees that fear me. I treat all of our staff with in the same respect that I would treat my business partner. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's just me, but that, that works for me. You know, I, I, I gain respect, you know, that way. And some people gain respect from fear. I mean, I guess it works for everyone. I just, I'm not a big proprietor on that because, right. you know, someone fears you. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? You have a, you have a dog that you're constantly, you know, people are beating the shit out of the dog. It does something wrong, beating the shit out of him, beating the shit out of him. Well, what happens when that dog realizes that, that Wait, dog, I can actually fight back. Yeah. When yeah that dog I can realizes, fuck you up. Yeah, but like, I don't bite the shit at you and you won't like it. Like, yeah, exactly. And the strength he, he yeah. encompasses, then then that entire mentality is gone. So what do you have to fall back on? You have yeah. nothing. So I've done is put fear in him. Right. I think we can both agree that the fear and the love aspect is like you said that I think it's a hybrid. I think it's a hybrid. Right. I think it's effective, but I think to lean more, like lean more towards like I wanna I want my people to be for me, not against me. Yeah. Because yeah. it's whatever I feel like it's whatever energy you're breeding. Whenever and I, mean, kinda, I hate bringing this up all the time because we kind of talk about it a lot in every episode, but it comes back to sports. Like I know that's me and Austin's background, but our coach I like that baseline, honestly. Our coach didn't lead by us like wanting to play for him. Like he not to say he's a bad guy, but we didn't we didn't want like we never once came in the game, you know, let's let's get this fucking W for coach. It was never that. It was we like never wanted to do it was it, never man. like, yo, fuck this dude. Let's get this W because we're together on this thing. It was now never you know what I mean? Yeah. It was never like we had a coach where like, yo, I love this guy. I go to war for this guy. Let's win this game for coach. You know what I mean? And like that I feel like you want like how you're saying you want your employees to be like, you know what? Let's get this done because Cam would if even though Cam's not here or or Cam Cam's right here with us or even if he's not here, he would be here with us working busting his ass just hard as we so let's just bust our asses do a good job on us to get this thing done. It's almost like you know he's putting his ass on the line just as much as we're putting our exactly. ass on the line right exactly. Now. I mean that's why I say to me I think it has to be hybrid. If you're too nice, people walk all over. They take advantage. Right. Yeah. If you're too much of an asshole, you know all they think about is man I can't wait how to fuck out. You. Yeah, or or how to get you out of there, man I, I yeah. can't wait until I'm I'm done. Here. I can't wait to five. I can leave. Like yeah, I'm yeah, out yeah. of five on the dime. As long as like, you're stern with them and you you know you you're still you set those like, boundaries or whatever you need, but you still keep it like. I mean, but I, I think that that for me at least comes to the military because, you know, like we, because it's so strict when it comes to like leadership. I mean, I would have, when I was 20 years old, I was a sergeant. I obviously wasn't able to drink yet. And I would have soldiers that we would go out um, to this club called Blue Mania, which Blue Mania. was the weirdest thing ever. Tampa? No, in Hawaii. Oh. It was the weirdest thing ever because 
the bar was probably as long as like the main bar and drink, the big room. Yeah. The bar was that long. And there was behind the bar, there was a cage that went the length of the bar and it had like eight or nine monkeys in it. Wait, a cage? Yeah, a cage. Wait, 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 wait. Monkeys? Monkeys. Bro, look it up. Called Blue Mania. It closed a number of years ago. And there were literally monkeys in there. So what we would do is um, we would go, they would go to the PX called the Post Exchange. It's like our, uh, like a 7-Eleven or something on post. I know what it is. Yeah, I've heard of that. They would buy me uh, uh, MD 2020. <laughs> which, Mad Dog. Yeah. <laughs> that. Mad Dog 2020 is basically the old school version. Old four school for local. You know what that is awesome? That's no, before you. Know. Uh, comes that's before fifth, you, bro. It comes in fit. In a pla- it's plas- it plastic fit. Yep. Paper bag. MD forty forty had all but the flavors. I'm telling you right now, bro. I had one of those actually this year when I. Um, they still sell those. Yeah, well, I, I was in uh, New Orleans for um, Mardi Gras, and I had one rather this year, or last year. But bro, those things get you fucked up. It was for a local before. For, it's the original for a local, basically. Yeah, OG yeah. For local. yeah, it's the OG. Yeah. So it's, what we used to do crazy. is, I would drive. I would drive to the club. While we were in the parking lot, they'd give me my uh, Mad Dog 2020 or 4040. 2020, you're right. 2020. Oh, it is? Yeah, I would chug it. So by the time I got to the line, I looked straight. You didn't think I was drunk because I was 20, obviously. Yeah. X is on my hands. We'd go inside. While we're inside, I'm fucked up now. Like, that, hit, that shit hit you yeah, in the face. Hit you when you're inside. I'm blacked out. And then at the end of the night, one of us would drive back, whoever, you know, wasn't, yeah. wasn't uh, drunk. But yeah, this club had monkeys. So, like, while I'm inside of it, like, fucked up, you're watching, like, these monkeys, like, throw Bounce shit. around and... Bro, they were throwing shit at each other. Like, what, it, they shit at people? No, it was a cage. It was like, a cage, like, a full, full yeah, on, like, closed cage. it was a full cage, but you could see them, like, clearly. Like, there are lights in there. Like, it was wild. They were that's, doing some yeah, crazy that's stuff back there. up. But, yeah, like, was, that's just... That's got to be some type of animal cruelty type yeah, shit. Yeah, it was, it was wild. It was hell that's wild. wild. So, so that's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask, how was it being a club owner? Because you told me some stuff, but we haven't talked about it a lot. And I know that shit was crazy. Um, I like, uh, first off, I was the most minority of the minorities that you could possibly be on, on the totem pole. How many um, people I were was, there? there? I know there's a lot. Ten. Oh damn, I mean, that's crazy. Was, but my role was more operational. So oh, you're like a GM type kind of. Yeah, so I was a co-GM. Um, so and obviously I was our marketing director as well. Um, it, it was it was cool. I mean, it, it's just like any other job. You have your ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, you have you know your fun times. You have your shit. But you own one of the cool like at the time. One of the hottest clubs Wait, in the city. Like, I think I think it's fair to give a baseline of what drink was like. I mean, right, can I tell from my perspective? A lot of our listeners are from Tampa, but go ahead, Austin. Okay, so from my perspective, I joined you. I got the UT in 2012. Um, because of me, so, should I tell the story again? No. Oh my God. He you, went, you know how he came to UT? Ass story, bro. So he he was my recruit. Yeah, I would correct everything. I've told I've told this story once on the podcast, and I'm a, this is the second time telling go it, and, and I plan it, on telling bro. it more times. Long story so short, Austin's my recruit. They really want him. Like, coach comes to me and goes, hey, we really want this kid. Show him a good time. All right. We get him fucking trashed on his visit. Like, he gets laid both nights of his visit. Like, he has a great time. Uh, but also during, like, we have to play. Like, he has to, like, show, like, he actually play. I proceed to just destroy this kid on his visit. Like, he's guarding me. Like, we were matched up against each other. I just absolutely just murder him. But then he came to UT because he loves me. Okay. Now you want to hear the real story? Okay. So he was my host. That's correct. 
That's correct. That's check one correct. What he didn't tell you is that he didn't come out with us that night. I did come out with you. That's a lie. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's you didn't a come lie. out because you had girlfriend troubles. That's probably true. You and I'm not going to say her name, but you and Nice Skin Curly Hair Girl sorry. were going through shit. I'm and I went to Asia with two other freshmen at the time. They showed me a good time. That's where I got my ass from. I went out with them. That was a fun ass time. They're Asians? No, they were like third two freshmen. We went to Asia. Oh, Remember Asia? Asia? Remember Asia? Yeah. That Asia. That so we, our group, we were the management group for Asia for a while. Oh, bet. So you know exactly about mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah, but Asia is where, like, know. my freshman year, I think it was Asia on Friday night? Yep, Asia yeah. Friday. That she used to jump off. Like, it was crazy. But no, so My freshman year was Jackson's on Friday. It was See, like, and then Jackson fell off. Jackson's was popping yeah, my that freshman year a little bit. when I was around. Oh, uh, Jackson's was massive. I think Jackson's on Sunday was a but little I, bit. Because Jackson's was 21. I couldn't get in, but Jackson's my freshman year was popping. Yeah, Jackson's on Fridays was... Nah, that shit was popping. But then, so we did hoop the next day, and... He got off. He got some shots. Like, check two. Knocked some shit down. He knocked some shit down. I'm too bad he didn't check for two. the season. That's because, check two. Because check you two. basically said that you, like, locked him down. I mean, no, that's not. Down. No, I'm, I didn't mean locked down. I mean, like, he I couldn't, my he couldn't stop me from scoring. He was hitting threes. Meant. And then, all right, here's what happened. The people I was playing with, they were like, hey, he can't shoot back off a little bit. I was like, all right, bet. And then he proceeds to knock down like three or four. I'm like, wait, y'all just told me he can't shoot. What did he? So I'm looking like he a lied. Basically, if that would have been Anthony talking to you, he would have done this. 100%. That was probably Griff, like, talking shit no, to me. Shout out to Griff. Wait, no. So then the fucking, uh, we ended up, well, he didn't tell you. He, he did shoot. He won, like, two games for him whenever I was guarding him. But what he didn't tell you is the year after my freshman year, who took your motherfucking spot? Austin did 100% take my spot. Yo, Austin's really fucking good at basketball. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. If it, wasn't for, if it wasn't for Austin getting hurt, I would not have played my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be, be 100. I would have came off the bench in, in slight minutes, but if that nigga didn't go down for the year, I would not have played. I'm going to be straight up. Austin, hey, Austin, I was like, damn, because we had a we had a squad our senior year, and Austin, I was like, bro, we fuck, was a championship squad, bro. Fuck, Austin got hurt. Damn, that hurts team. And I looked over and coach said, kid, get in. I said, <laughs> well, too bad. Austin. This is my chance. I gotta make the most. Yo, I came in and had like 15, 16 that game too. I went off. No, I came in, co- I came in cooking. So like, it, I, no, I, I, I just took the spot. Low key, the better thing about the team, whenever you played and I didn't, is that we had a defensive presence. I played defense. You didn't play no defense. I don't play Austin no could just defense. score. I could play hella offense. He could just score. Like, score the fuck play out no defense. The ball. But you definitely guard more. But no, we need a quick break. That break was provided by. Time to eat right. Use code Kid and Crash to get ten percent off on your. Yo, can next we get a promo code? Yeah, you guys think I'm playing? I'm literally. As soon as I'm so serious, bro. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, like yes. I want to credit all the success that if all right when we have the success that we have. So, I want to credit to all the people that we interviewed first. Uh, so the people in the that first the episode, the first episode, me and Austin had a brief conversation about why we wanted to start a podcast. Right, basically, you know. Oh God. And Austin gave some great. Great, super deep, like insightful, therapeutic ass, like answer that question. And my answer was very simple and very short. You want to get bitches? <laughs> no, I shouldn't. In answer. the form of monetary gain. <laughs> my answer was purely for monetary gain, which in turn means bitches. You yeah. only want money so you can get bitches. Yeah. Or women. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. All right. You only Every want- episode we talk about how single I am. I'm sick of this shit, bro. All right. Can we discuss how single kid is first? Bad. Kid is very single. But, like, not in a good way. Not, like, out here eating single. He's just, like, lonely. 
Yeah, I'm gonna not gonna comment um, <laughs> because I have some very incriminating um, pictures of kid, uh, mainly on my oh couch. My it's so honestly, gonna, and that was going to be the intro for this, oh for this shit too. Man, that's a great, that's a great intro. Yeah. That's a great intro right there. Yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. But kid, what can we do to adjust your approach? Yo, so here's the thing. Me and my mom had like a 45 minute conversation about it the other day. Okay, oh, that's not weird. It was pretty. No, yo, me and mom. You don't. You've never met my mom, but me and mom like just talked about shit like that. Yeah. Me and are super cool. Mm-hmm. But she's like, it's you, and I'm like, I know. Your mom said it's you. <laughs> yo, my mom said it was like. Oh, my mom said it was like, yo, it's you, and I'm like. I know it's me. You gotta be yo. You Wait, your, so your, mom, on your mom said the reason you're single is it's you. Yeah, I'm fucked up in the head, dude. I'm crazy. Oh my god, <laughs> your mom's a savage. Oh my mom, yo, you, yo, my mom is a nut. Her I mom, love her, but she's funny. Like she's crazy. Best. She talks hella shit. She's funny as hell. But yeah, she was like, yo, she's it's exactly you. Like, it's needs. your fault. But like, uh, yo, get your life together, and maybe you can find a. Enough about me being single. <laughs> 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 back to what we're talking about. Okay, so back on Before. topic. Back on topic. Which back is what? on topic. What was our drink? So we Club came on? from Hawaii. Monkeys in the cage. All right, all right, now I don't know what the fuck we we're talking take about. Notes. At all. Remember we were talking about Hawaii and the monkeys in the cage. Yes, let me look at my. And then what I was asking was how was it owning drink and how crazy it was, but we got past that. Though. Okay, all right. I want to run down the timeline because first off, I'm fascinated by how more interesting your life was than mine. <laughs> But you have you have more you have more peaks or you know your you life. have more That's different yeah but I'm also 35 right so and I'm I and now I'm 25 shout so out to Queen Black yes Black don't crack Cam look like he's 22 bro I had no idea remember that one time we went me and him went to a restaurant but somebody thought we went to, we went to go eat dinner and someone thought I was older than him. Yeah, they said what? She said, I have no facial hair. Someone thought I was older. She said, yeah. "What she say? I was twenty four and you're twenty three or something like that." Yeah, something like that. Oh my god! Yeah. Obviously, she was trying to get a good tip, but facts. Yeah. But hey, yo, can I dissect this real quick? How much lotion do you use per day? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I I'm a product person. I clear Sonic my face every day. Yeah, you I do clear Sonic. I, I need full, one of those. I, I need one of those. That shit's nice. Regimen. I use a bee pollen. Um, like lotion, yeah, I got a full. full so you're, you're very specific as the products you use. Um, well, yeah, generally you use a lot. Like not saying like it's a bad thing. But you you take care of your skin. You do that's like, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a great thing. Bro. It's a great and thing. And it brings us to the point that I, I don't bring up. I need to use more. I want to I want to debunk this whole thing. Black does crack. We just been exposed to great hygiene and skincare from an early age. Yes no, and no. no I'm going to say no. yes and no. How early, how, how early did your mom start lotioning you up? Oh, my mom was lotioning shit on me as a kid. My boy had been greasy since well, I was three. My mom days. is about as white as white. Come, My mom's half white, half black. Okay. Um, I'm actually like, I'm 40% white. Which makes no shit. sense, but we looked it up. Yeah. But no, it does make sense. You know, I did, Eileen got me. Um, 23 me. No, it's a uh, ancestry. I did ancestry.com. Yeah. Finally got me that because I went to England. That's a pretty that funny shit. story. Fuck. When I went to England, I played ball in England for you if you didn't know. But they um they would always ask me, Oh, like, what's your origins? And I'm like, wait, shit, I, I don't know. Like, what do you they're like, what do you mean? Like your name, last name is like German. I was like, Is it really? Reddick is yeah, German? Reddick is German name. Huh. They're like, yeah. I'm like, uh, I guess that's some like, uh, like over like, a year ago, my girl got DNA tests for um like everyone. And like in the family, and yeah, I did mine, and it came back. I was like forty percent European, but it was like weird European, like Caucasus Mountains. Yeah, you like, showed me the test, like it made no like, sense. You showed me the shit. What happens with DNA though is 
Um, everyone gets different DNA. From it's not just straight up 50, 50. So yeah, like if he and I were brothers, our DNA would still be. Well, that makes sense. You get yeah. dominant genes. You, yeah, like, so like I got dominant, dominant genes from my mom. Because I remember when I got that, I literally called my mom. I was like, yo, you got something to tell me? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, who was that man that you said was my father? Because that wasn't him. It was, it was it the white guy uh, over on the corner? So yeah, it's, um, but yeah, no, I wholeheartedly think that uh, as African-Americans, we have genes that are a little bit more susceptible to to not you know aging as quickly as well, others. Yeah. I think so. That's one hundred percent. But I mean, I don't. So I don't think it's necessarily like a hygiene thing. I mean, I think it's a. I'm gonna get real sciencey on you here, and this is why. So if you look at the way the world is and the amount of sun we're exposed to, and like the location of where the USA is, decent amount of sun exposure, right? Like more than most places. White people come from the Caucasus Mountains. Mm-hmm less sun, which is why their skin doesn't uh, like have as much melanin, which is why they, you know, age differently. Yeah. That's part of why we don't, our skin like looks better. Because so you want to know what I looked why. into and actually know a little bit about for random reasons. So my two friends, you know, Anthony and Julius, well, two dudes I went to high school with, Anthony Gare and Julius Randall, them two dudes. Loki, I love you, Jew. I love you, Amar. I just visited them up in New York. So they don't believe in like evolution at all but we were raised like super christian so i mean i guess it makes sense that they just never thought to like explore our like if it make if it worked if it ain't broke don't fix it like it's been working for them whatever whatever. i got in trouble in sunday school once for asking uh why aren't the dinosaurs mentioned in the bible you got in trouble i mean they were like that's a brilliant question i didn't get like in trouble trouble but they would like kind of just like they were definitely like shut the fuck up like hey that's and like kind of shoot it off but i've always had that kind of mind like the dinosaurs are definitely real where are they in the Bible? Right. So my biggest thing whenever I talked to them was what drugs do you fucking do? <laughs> Why you're sitting around thinking, bro? What meth, heron, like what are you? Bro, you on? know I'm like a super like big science guy. Like I've no, always loved I, science. I, I hang that. out with you on a weekly basis. You knew this. I've never. You never one time come across to me as Bill Nye the science I just, guy. I've, 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 I've always been science, like math, science, chemistry, bio, like all that shit, and like is what piques my interest. Okay. And so like in church, it always, it always bothered me. Like, obviously I grew up in church, like Southern Baptist. We went to Sunday school every day, every Sunday, like stuff like that. And one day I was just like, wait, if Adam and Eve were first. Okay. That's cool. I think that's where the fallacy came. So we like, like middle Adam class, middle class black right. dudes, you start getting access to more in-depth education. You start learning things that you should have been learning. You start paying attention to things you yeah. should have been learning. And in history, they tell you, Oh, there was dinosaurs. There was all these people before. I'm like, wait, I was told there's only Adam and Eve. And, and it was so, like, I want to say it was like fourth or fifth grade. And I was just like, if Adam and Eve were first and then after that, like civilization and everything happened, like where the dinosaurs, where were the dinosaurs? and in my head, I was like, oh, you know what? If they were in the Garden of Eden. The dinosaurs were just outside of the Garden of Eden. Duh, Ryan. Yeah, that's just that's like the, the answer I gave myself. I would like to point out that his name is first on the podcast. I just, <laughs> <laughs> throughout this entire process, I just want to remind you every time he says something dumb as shit that his name is first in the podcast. Bro. Is that dumb, though, for me being an elementary kid and can realize that, like, hey, there's something off here because dinosaurs are real. I came to the real. conclusion. I came to the conclusion that majority of the Bible or the entire Bible is a metaphor. 
when it's put into personas and it's personified. You know, Austin does this towards in the podcast where he gets too deep for even him own self. I think I have he a lot said of the Bible was a metaphor, but let him just keep I just can't. I'm going to leave it at that. I think the entire Bible is a metaphor. We can address that another time. All right. Anyways, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> that, that, that took a fucking turn. Yeah, oh, that is the shit. The <laughs> that Bible took a turn. The Jesus Bible Christ. The personification metaphor. I, that's it. All right. All right. Well, okay. Back. So let's go on to what we're talking about. edit that out. Jesus. Let's go on to what we're talking about. But no. So oh, let's man. backtrack that, that back there. So you grew up in Detroit. I was oh, born in Detroit. I moved to uh, St. Pete. Okay, when I was how younger. old? Um, or what I was grade probably is that better? Like I don't know. I was probably seven, something like that. Seven, no, 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 I'm sorry. I grew up in Detroit. I moved to Fort Lauderdale. I used to live in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So I was actually I in uh, Hurricane Andrew when Hurricane Andrew hit. Was that ninety four? Yeah, ninety four. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was in Hurricane Andrew. The apartment complex we were in, the whole roof came off. Holy shit! That's got to be terrifying. To yeah, well, if you think that's terrifying, wait for this. So then we moved up to St. Pete. I'm maybe at this time, like 11 or 12, as if you guys know about the story about the, um, uh, it's called Skyway Bridge. Yeah. So unfortunately we know a lot about it. Yeah. So it was a really, a, a back, I don't know when it was seventies, eighties, something like that. A, uh, a boat or something hit it and tons of people died. So my oh, mom. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was bad. that's why. That. That's why you see yeah. there's another bridge to the side of where people fish off of. That used to be the bridge. Oh, yeah. okay. So my mom decides to tell me as we're going over it when we're in the middle. She starts to tell me the story. You freak out. Freak out. I'm wearing a U-Haul. She tells me about all these people that died, and she did it on purpose because she's yeah. a savage. Shout out to you, folks. Um, so yeah, no. I uh, then I was raised in St. Pete. Um, went to high school in St. Pete uh, and Safety Harbor. Then I went off to the military. And then when I came back, I uh, went, I was in, at Tampa, in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the side. I'm a little drunk, but fuck it. So, fuck. So your mom told you about the Skyway That's Bridge. That's a little messed up. Jesus Christ. Oh, what, what do you think that did to you, though? Like, did it, so were you, were you easily freaked out as a kid or did that kind of like trigger something for you? Um, no, I think I was always cool. I was always just like chill. I mean, I was an only child, so yeah. I actually, how was uh, did you your dad? And I've the, only met him like twice my whole life. Okay, I'm yeah. actually gonna fly up to Michigan to uh to see him and the rest of my family yeah. this sometime this year. I don't so know majority of your family is still in Michigan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not like I want to rekindle things. Just kind of like a you, know, you fucked up. You kind of have to like just like yeah, hey yeah, here I am now I'm doing up. good like yeah, despite yeah. yeah have fun with your life. It's um, kind of hard to ask that question though. I hate that I gotta like like tiptoe around it, but it's necessary. I mean, yeah, majority of people we part of life. Yeah. It's a valid question. Like, what's your pops around? Like, it's a no. valid. It's a valid I mean, question. If he, my cousin sent me a picture of him probably like three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, unrecognizable. Like really? before she sent me that picture, if I would have walked by him on the street, I'd have no. I seriously, I'd have no idea who he was. Um, I was really fortunate, though, that I had, like, I literally have, I mean, my mom and I get on each other's nerves, but I mean, she's without a doubt the strongest person I've ever met in my life. I mean, I went to private school, all of middle school. It wasn't because we had money. It was because she worked her ass off. Bro, she was, I, I would, I would go stay with her. She used to make donuts at a donut factory as her third job until like 12, one in the morning. And I'd sit there with her for a little bit. I mean, I'd fall asleep. She'd take me home. So, I mean, I, I never, I never had a void of, I was very fortunate enough that I had such a strong mother that I yeah, never had a void. One. Yeah, I never had a, a void of not having a dad. 
Um, I mean, still to this day, every year for Father's Day, I get my mom a card. I mean, she is. She she played both roles. So, yeah, I was really fortunate in, in that perspective. Not everyone's like that. Um, cause that's, that, that's a, that's a difficult role, you know, for, for anyone. I mean, there's tons of stuff you shouldn't know about. She doesn't know when, you know, I'm going to start having, you know what I mean? Like when, as a kid, I started thinking about sex, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just and I feel weird. Like so oh, boys, moms, a weird horny phase yeah. and all that shit. And so like things I think moms don't know about fatherhood or about yeah. a boy growing up. Cause like the big, I feel like the biggest thing about fatherhood is that they understand growing up as a guy. Of course. And moms don't have that knowledge. So they're, they're just doing guy. it the best way they like, can. There's no reason for them to have that knowledge. But and I've if, been, I've been blessed to be around guys who had that same situation and they're all pretty positive. Like the yeah. moms did a great job of raising oh, yeah. And for me, it was weird too, because you got to think like, you know, I was, my mom came out to me when I was 18, but for, I mean, for, I mean, eight, nine years, I mean, we lived with my mom's partner. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, Were you I, aware at all? Or? No. Oh, wait, she, I forgot you did say she yeah, was lesbian, so right? I, two, I grew up with two moms. Um, and... I'm really like quick thinking. So my mom, I was home from the army. My grandfather was dying. My grandmother had already died. By the time I was 18, all four of my grandparents were, were um, passed away. So my grandfather was dying. I was like, my high school sweetheart was over at my house. And literally my mom's like, I need you to come out on the porch and, and talk to me. And I'm like, mom, like, you know, she's still here. She's like, no, this is important. So I go out there. She's crying. And she's like, you know, I never told your grandmother before she died. And I never told, I'm not going to tell your grandfather, you know, he's about to pass away. Like he was in the hospital, like dying at this time. And both of them died from cancer. So I thought she was going to tell me she had cancer. Oh, damn. So you're expecting the worst. Yeah. So she's bawling, crying. And she looks at me and she goes, I'm gay. And I had no idea. But like just the, my first instinct was, oh, I knew. So automatically she like stopped crying at least because she thought then that I was like more acceptable. Which yeah, I was always going to be acceptable. Oh, hey, quick question. Wait, what made you think of that response if you didn't know? I that's, just, that's crazy. That, that's just, really random. That's a really quick response. Right. Like, and wild. then you responded immediately like, oh, I know. Like, so casually? Uh, I mean, I think at that time I was just trying to think of like whatever I could say to make her not upset. Make her not I was, She was really upset about it. You have to remember, I mean, this was in 2000. Two? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's not fully acceptable now. It's not. Yeah, people still freak out about it now. So yeah, but back then it really wasn't. Yeah. But even for black women, I feel like a lot of things are delayed as far as like acceptance. Absolutely. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. So I mean, looking back after she told me, I really started to like piece things together. I mean, yeah. Like, oh, that's why. Yeah, there's a reason why. You know, it was all lesbian couples at Christmas, and I had an uncle Tony and an uncle. You know what I mean? There were millions of uncles, and you could tell. Like, I just never. I, I just don't. I don't think like that. I don't. Yeah. You see Someone, kids are so pure you don't yeah but even now even today like i i don't i don't look at you know someone as as gay or lesbian or trans i mean it's not about what they are if that's however you want to love is how you want to love exactly you know I mean? whatever not, like whatever you want to do yeah man. it's not like, my who am i to tell you that you shouldn't you know date this person or not be able to like date you know what I mean? that's just not that's not my place i'm not i'm not your yeah. I'm, I'm not the creator. Right. So whatever, just, whatever makes you happy at yeah, this point. Yeah, whatever makes you happy at the end of the day, cool. If that, if that makes you happy, great. I mean, I've been, when I came home from Iraq, I went to my first gay pride with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, How was that? It was fun. Bro, gay yeah. people are. They have a lot of fun. I was about to I'm say, not gonna like, lie. Have a like, lot of fucking fun. I got. I still have friends that are like so taboo on gay. Like they hear like somebody, an artist was gay. They're like, oh, I can't fuck with them no uh, more. Let me ask you this. Where are they from? They're from here. 
From the south. I mean, it's not from the Texas south or from Florida. Texas. That's why. It's a Florida thing too. No, it's because Texas. A is, thing. Dallas is straight in the Bible. But you gotta belt. understand that we're the Bible Belt. Yeah, so Dallas is straight so up in the Bible Belt. There's a lot of like, there's change. a lot of super religious, back, almost like backwards type beliefs that they have. That's yeah. why. But you gotta understand in the Bible Belt, like a lot of people, like it's it's those beliefs have worked for them. So like, there's a lot of people whose families grew up uh, with a very. I don't. I don't mean. To it depends you. on what you consider worked. I that's think, what I mean. I don't think I it's that it, it it works for you. It provided comfortability for them. It's a comfortability. It's, just, it's there. It's it's. I mean, that's how they were raised. Right. I mean, you you you're raised to think about what's important. Like obviously financial gain, like stability in your family, like just structure that makes sense to you. I mean, like well, kids, the, kids that, are susceptible to, to, to anything. Right. I have, yeah. um, one of my best friends, uh, is this guy, Jared Jeffries. He played in the NBA for like 12, 13 years after he got done with the NBA. He's an avid fisherman. Um, after he got done with the NBA, he got a fishing show on the outdoor network. So probably like three years ago or something like that hits me up. And I mean, Jared, although he's, I mean, he's, he's half black, half white. I mean, he went to, he w- played at Indiana, so, I mean, he's, yeah, he's been, he's been like, been elite. he was in the league for fun a long time. fact, Indiana is rated one of the worst places to live for black people. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would I, I looked it up the other day. Don't ask why. I would fun fact. So, we ass. go to, or he calls me and he's like, hey, we're filming in um, Wrightsfield Beach or something like that in North Carolina. A really small town, population like 2,000. She's like, I want to fly you out here. I want you to be on the show. Well, he thought it was funny because I... I've never been fishing like that before. So, I mean, we went like fishing, fishing. We were like 50 miles out. Like we were fishing right. out there. Deep That's in. just different than like on some lake or like, different. we were out there. If shit popped off, like you're, you're screwed. Yeah. So we come back and the dock is really long and the camera crew, I mean, it was a full crew was like packing up their stuff on the dock and he and I were, were on like land. So this boat goes by and it's a mom, a dad and a, a son and a daughter. And they're playing this song. I don't know if you've ever heard this, um, but it is the it's literally called an old country song. It's called the um, nigger hating song. Shit. It's probably one of the most fucked up songs you've ever heard in your life. Is that like, the one that's uh, niggers love watermelon? No, it's, it's I heard that one, too. And that shit's no, so bad. So these this family's going by on a boat and they're blasting this song. Because they see Jared and I on shore. They're literally, I mean, blasting this song from the boat. And you could tell it was very, it was, there was a reason. It was deliberate. Yeah. So I'm like up in arms, like, yo, fuck this. Let's go get in the boat. Let's go after him, beat the shit out of him. And Jared just sitting there like, I mean, he's from Indiana. So he's like, ah, whatever. That's not the first time I've heard that. It probably won't be the last. Like, It's almost common at that point. Yeah. But even to me in that situation, I'm like, this kind of goes back to what you were saying. To me in that situation, it's like kids aren't kids are pure like kids aren't raised to hate black people kids aren't raised to hate they learn that shit yeah they learn that kids don't understand racism yeah so like to me like if you're you know uh, an older generation you know you're a baby boomer whatever it is and you hate black people cool you're you're lost there's no saving you it's it's above you now there's just that that's that's not happening but I think it's it's unfair for you to put that on like your children because your children are being raised in a different society than you're being raised. I mean, your children got to grow up seeing, you know, the first African-American president. Your children are growing up and, and seeing black people do amazing things. You actually see society. black people be doctors, lawyers. Yeah. Uh, they're in class with black people. Like they see they're, they're next to them every day. Like they're their yeah. friends. Like it's completely different. I just think different. that's like really unfair for you it's to do that. It's a completely different type of living. You're basically, you're, you're trying to, to make your lineage 
you know, go on like in, in that negative aspect of like, you know, I was a racist back then. So now you have to be that. That's not that's just and the thing that bullshit. fucks me up about that is like of all things to carry your legacy with. Like all things, Racism. literally, that's what your like basis is, or that's what your foundation is that you think you have to carry that on. What about the things that like inspire love or inspire acceptance? Mm-hmm. Why that? Like, why is that the thing? Where, like, oh, don't. That's the thing that you carry on for your grandkids. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, and the that's same what thing to me, me almost with like you know how some people feel about uh, Mexican people and and building this wall. I mean, it's because hate is like hate LGBTQ is strong. I don't think it's. I, I think I it's, think hate is strong in people and. It's getting. I will never say it's not getting better because it's it's much better than it used to be. But, I but, think the opposite. I think I think it is worse now. I think it's, it's better, been. but I think it's more it's more seen. Well, it's because social media. because of social, social media things like that. So, so like if you're racist, it's harder to hide. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so you see it. Your 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 persona is already being created. So. Exactly. So we not see only that. What's what I do? Not to cut you off. What I do love about social media, though, is I hate it in the fact that like it puts light on these like negative things. What I do yeah. love is that. I mean, we're at a point in our society now where, you know, you have, you know, 911 Becky and all of a sudden she does something yeah. and then everyone catches wind of it. It gets viral and then that person gets fired. So there's actually ramifications. There's like good things. Yeah. Yeah. They come out of that it. That are coming with this now, which are amazing to me because before you would, that would just know. happen and nothing yeah. would have, nothing would have came out any idea. Okay. See, I want to, all right, quick off the rail deep thought let's hear it. Let's okay. hear it. We, so, and we have, we should make like a sound whenever this Austin be like says this segment. crazy shit. All right, Austin's give a space, give a statement three, of the pod. I'm gonna give it a three segment, wah, 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 sec, three segment base where I'm gonna let that happen. All right, that's fine. Go. So, what I believe, <laughs> I'm sorry for that. When it comes down to this perspective, this uh, deep off the rail, how basically you can't hide being a racist or you can't hide being a bigot or whatever else this thing is. But all we, why is why can't you hide that? Because all of this is being tracked tracked by data online, correct? So your whole Facebook profile, you can pretty much tell if someone's a racist. If you look at everyone's persona on their Facebook profile or their Facebook data, I'm Instagram pause data. I'm right there. Go ahead. So like the one chick, the Becky, whatever, with the glasses, the, the park Becky, and then there's a most recent chick. They don't have racist Facebook profiles. Like if you like the, like a lot of the most Becky recent is. ones don't have racist. I'm, I just got to check you when you say crazy shit, but keep continuing. Yeah, but, but they, no, they but performed an act, though, that, that was super racist. He's saying they have a racist. What is that act profile? coming from? So they have to find the information from somewhere, right? No, well, someone's posting the video and then it's spreading like Did they like fire. it? Oh, you're... Okay, I get what you're saying. Sorry. I'm, data data okay. footprints go so deep. Of course. I think Literally I don't understand what you're saying. Almost now, we look at our phone, probably half of the shit that we talked about, our phones are going to recognize that microphone and create an ad for it. Of course. If I say QuickBooks 10 times in this podcast, I guarantee there's going to be a QuickBook ad on my shit. That's I'm just saying that because that happened to me. But anyways, I think, so if you think of these data companies, how many of these data companies are liberal versus conservative? Uh, I don't necessarily think that they have an opinion. I think that they are... Their sales, their money based, they're moving for power. They're, Either way, well, whichever one's making them more I money. I think they're power based more so than money based. I mean, there's a Netflix special right now about the. Um, it's called the Great Hack. Yeah, the data company. Yes. Oh, I need to watch. That. That's something that's kind of basing this thing yeah, around. Literally put him in the office. I need to watch. Right. I heard it's so great. what I think, I think majority of these intelligence agencies or these people that want people to be in power are liberal. So when they're what they're trying to do is create these data, these data footprints, these personas. Of people who are like this, who are bigoted, or who are too extremist. You think they make these people like? No, because you can create these personas. The same thing in the in the documentary. They created personas, and then they identified 
in the election who was Democrat, who, who, who was hard into these, like, oh, okay, okay. and a slim a widget in the middle who are persuadables. And that's who they targeted. They targeted these people whose opinions were not too much left, too much right, but they could be persuaded. And they targeted all their ads to what they would persuade them to the right. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So I think what's going to happen is that these things, like these data points that they're creating on everybody is going to persuade us to be a very specific type of nation. Like it's almost like as if you have the free will to say what you want, but, but you kind of don't because you don't own your data. That wasn't too far. That wasn't too bad. Not it was, bad. A lot, it was a lot better than why aren't dinosaurs in the Bible? I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Once again, crash that wasn't, kid radio. that wasn't a crazy far. So you don't listen to the podcast as much as you should. I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> but you should have heard the stupid. conversation we had last podcast when he tried to say <laughs> we You're were saying stupid. that Hitler, I was saying Hitler's crazy. He's like, but you don't know where his thought process came from. Yeah, oh my God. And I'm, it went way too far in depth and it shouldn't. Austin was just going way too far in depth on it. I'm more than but willing that was to explain one. that. That was a good one. I'm more than willing to explain that. I'm actually a big proprietor on collecting data. Which I know is no, no one there's else. Nothing, I think collecting I think, data is no, I think extremely I think, important. Collecting data is great because I think if we can start to point out you know, people that are susceptible to walking into an El Paso Walmart and shooting yeah, a ton right. of Oh, absolutely. Doing all those right. things. I mean, that's where, that's where collecting I... Collecting data is so important. There's a reason. I mean, there, there, is, there has to be some you know, basis of a reason to why we have so many mass shootings here. I mean, they, right. they just did a report. There's been more mass shootings right now than, than there have been days. The numbers are wild. The, the numbers days. are wild. The number of the mass shootings wild. in 2019 surpassed the number of days in 2019. At All least right, one That's day. ridiculous. The and like the next closest country is at like three. Oh, my God. And then the next answer. And then in Texas, I believe a recent gun law passed where they allowed more guns to so or easier to get guns. The correct? Day, it wasn't that it was necessarily easier to get guns. It was some of the um, uh, laws outstanding about guns. But it ended up pa- it ended up going into effect the day after um, this Odessa shooter. But so that it wasn't like they saw that and did it. it was just coincidental that it was that date. But it was like you can now carry a gun in church, which you couldn't do before. Um, now, like a landlord or, uh, you know, your uh, um, uh, home community, neighborhood community, Probably whatever HOA, it is, they can't, yeah. Yeah, HOA, they can't tell you can't have a gun. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of different places. I'm going to put devil's carry. advocate on this thing and just not that I fully agree or disagree either way, but it's a good point to be made. So when that whole El Paso thing happened and those numbers started coming out, Neil deGrasse Tyson who was a science, you know, everybody knows who Neil deGrasse Tyson is, right? I love him. He's great. He's super scientist, awesome. Like, his, but it's like cool about it. He compared the number of deaths that have happened this year compared to the number of auto accident deaths, accidental hospital deaths, and like a bunch of other type of deaths at that point. And that number was in like inconsequential compared to the rest of those numbers. So not that he's saying that it was a good thing. But you're saying, are we overreacting because the way it happened? Because like the like by the numbers game, like this the percentage of deaths is so small. Like, was this kind of going to happen because people are going to die? That's just a natural part of life. Like, not necessarily outside of natural. It's like people are going to die because of things like it's just the way they happen. Yeah, I think it's the way that it happens. And I know that. I understand. But but his whole thing was that like that percentage is so small. 
if you just look at the percentage and took away how it happened, it almost seems normal based on like the way other types of like accidents happen. I would say that if you get what I'm saying, I would say I want to I want to continue on that. I would say that though, if there hasn't been such a rise in it, I mean, I I don't know the the analytics of of how many you know uh, motor vehicle accidents there are a year or any of that, but I'm gonna guess that they haven't surged that much over. I mean, they probably stay pretty yeah, but constant. He, but the, the main one he like kind of spoke on because people freaked out on like he got like people were like pissed at him was a uh, hot. The one that stuck out to me was the amount of accidental hospital deaths. So, like doctor error, like fuck, I just killed this person it was like an insane amount higher than He's like, people don't freak out about that, but that's like a serious thing. And it was well, just like, it was, a good, it was a good counterpoint. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, you know. Things like that don't go viral. And this is something They don't, that, they don't. I mean, there's no, I've never, I've never practiced medicine. I've never done anything with medicine. So I don't know what goes through there. I don't know what's going through, uh, you know, like a doctor's mind. But, but what I will say is, I mean, doctors are human. They're there's not a, trying to kill people. Yeah, though. there's a yeah. difference in, be, I mean, a doctor takes an oath. So there's a difference in between a doctor making a malpractice um, you know, mistake, which is, which is not acceptable than literally someone picking up a gun and saying, I want to go into this Walmart because I don't like Mexicans. Right. That's just, that's, that's, yeah, it's, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It, it can be, you know what I mean? Like there's something that can be done about, do I know what it is? No, I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily buy into the whole, it's all mental health. I'm going to keep playing devil's advocate here. No, uh, that's necessary. Yeah. I think that's necessary but in all people, arguments. Matt, there are, there's going to be hateful people in this world and there are other studies that show when you take away gun laws, I believe it was Australia and the UK. I, I might, you I can't could have be guns in the UK. I could be wrong, you but when they, when, but when, when that the happened, stabbings the amount like of other violent deaths <laughs> increased yeah, drastically. Small compared to anything but else. It, yeah. But in all, my point to when someone said that, because I was talking to a friend of my, a friend of another military friend of mine who we just had like a very like, devil's advocate type of conversation like okay what can we really do is gun control the answer like probably not or is it you know uh but my counterpoint also was yeah but a yes other type of violent crime will increase but will it be massive violent crime you know because like if you kill someone so with a knife like, it's mass mass if you kill uh, someone with, with a knife yes you're gonna try and kill like maybe kill but one two kill people but you can't with a knife before somebody 45 tries to come people get you. the way you can with a with a assault rifle. I mean, I think you know um, the definition of mass shooting is for more people. So I, I think, think that, that right. would be. I mean, it would be obviously a lot more challenging with a handheld with, like knife yeah, or axe or, or something. something like that. I mean, I don't think at this point there's too many guns on the street. It's you know there's no there's no going back. We just have to figure out how to not get them. But the problem is, is that if you see the majority of these people that end up shooting you know people up or, or end up shooting up walmarts or shooting They're up, legal you know, guns yeah, a lot of the guns they, are legal guns that are legal, people. legally they didn't, yeah. they didn't they didn't get them illegally they just that's just i mean it's it sucks i mean and to play devil's advocate to to your thing what's even more alarming is you know and as african americans you know obviously i try to see things on on both sides of the playing field there are more black on black shootings than anything chicago the last couple of years has been insane like it's ridiculous well it's proven that you're more likely to get killed by someone that looks like you than someone who doesn't just that's just a community divide but is that really, is that just as a black person or is that in general no, that's black just more of anything white people are more likely to kill by white people really I know that. black people are more likely to kill by black people and hispanics or whatever else so that's a product of your community but i think the biggest target that they're trying to penetrate versus um all these other deaths, so say versus the accidental deaths by doctors and then mass shootings, is the idea of malice. So the malice intent. So you can argue that a doctor didn't intend to kill somebody that's true, accidentally. That's true. Yeah. 
but someone takes a gun and shoots the dude a festival. Paso was going in to kill they're Mexicans or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, I feel like that's more so what they're targeting. The idea of now I'm gonna go completely right on this. Just completely all with the side. I think money's involved, like the government, like some type I of. I think there's agendas. I'll say the NRA, much. like the NRA, very, well, the super NRA, strong arm in the American government, hella strong. I mean, the, the I mean, NRA they, is a. I mean, very they fund big. how many, how much dollars to political campaigns? Crazy. Like their voice matters, and what they want to admit it. I mean, lobbyists, uh, lobbyists control like more. The president. Do <laughs> you guys know? You guys know why the um, alcohol limit for. Uh, having a drink, you know why the uh, BAC blood alcohol, whatever it is, that number is point oh eight. Do you know why that that is? No, I'm gonna guess to it's that. because it's like the amount of drinks you can have at a bar where they make a profit or some shit. I guess it's no, it's because no. lobbyists have gone and basically said. I mean, the government doesn't want you to get behind the wheel of a car having one, you know, one drink. I mean, it's been sh- studies have shown that even one drink, one can, drink affect can, your can affect your can impair your vision, can can impair tons of things. But lobbyists fight fought for years that. If they made it, you know, any lower than 0.08, that it would deter people from going out to, to the bar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, yeah. yeah. So that's a good point. So, like, basically saying. Money. So if it's Essentially than, money. Of course. So, if it's less than 0.08, then it's like, well, why, why should I go to the why bar? Why go to drink? Exactly. Why okay. go to the bar? Just buy a drink and drink at the house or if not, drink Shit. it all. Damn. Fucking money. That's fucking it. Jesus Christ. All right. So this is this low-key kind of depressing, but I want to move back to I want to move Let's back. Let's not to, get depressed again, Jesus. This, it, it got oh, my bad. It didn't get depressing. It got deep. It got very deep. I mean, anytime you go into gun control and you start talking about the government, that's pretty deep. I mean, I'm a big proprietor, obviously, but yeah, I think it's definitely necessary. There's definitely no reason to outlaw all guns, but I just think it should need to be a little I bit think more difficult stricter. to get a gun. I think that's all I'm saying. I don't. I mean, what what else can you do if someone if someone is of legal age, they have no prior history of any violent crimes. They have no felonies. They've never been convicted of something. Like a test or anything, or like like I mean, you have no, to. That's for a good you point, to, though. I mean, because for you to carry a gun, for you to have a concealed weapons license, you have to go through a class. You have to take a test. Yeah. But in most states, I mean, for instance, in Florida, you don't have to have. In Texas too, I believe, you don't have to have a license to own a gun. Like when I bought, I can just go buy one tomorrow. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like property. Like you can sell your own property and buy your own property without a a real estate license. Yeah, I have a Glock twenty three in Tampa right now, and I literally bought it from my buddy Aaron. All he did was write me a bill of sale, so that took any liability off of him because he's basically stating if this gun is used in a crime, the ownership is over. Yeah, the ownership is is uh, transferred, but there was no waiting period for me. I I mean, that's that's just the law. You don't if you go to like a gun show or you know a, a gun store something yeah they have you they do a quick background check but i mean you could i could literally sell my my gun right now to anyone i want to just write a bill of sell and just keep moving yeah and bill of sell and just keep moving that shit is insane i mean i mean i'm from a town where like the biggest thing we have in that town is the rodeo and our gun show like those are two biggest things so i understand how easy it is to get a gun yeah I mean, I definitely don't think everyone needs to possess a gun. I don't think that enough people know about responsibilities. They don't know yeah. about responsibilities of a gun. I mean, that people is, just buy guns like, oh, I need it for protection. Have you ever like actually gone to a gun range and shot a gun? Like, I like personally that, have no experience besides BB guns. I used to shoot birds and squirrels in my backyard with BB guns, but that's it. I have no other experience with guns. Yeah, so I, you would, I literally like, don't think I don't. Let's I say you bought a gun for it. protection, you would not hit a damn soul. Right. <laughs> like, like, I, I, and I know up. that. And I'm. 
I'm, I guess I call myself a functioning person. Well, I know that that's not yeah. the case. I don't need a gun because I don't know how to use it. A lot of people don't think that. It. They buy a gun and they think like, oh, I need this for protection. But like, they don't practice with it. They don't, you know, they don't use it a lot. And they bring it out and hurt people not intended to. And, you know, happens all the time. But yeah, I think that self-awareness is rare. You know, like that self-awareness is rare. I don't think many people really have that self-awareness to know that, okay, maybe I don't understand how a gun works or I feel like people think it's people think it's a lot easier than it looks. Yeah, I agree. You know, but I mean, who are we? We're not making laws. Okay, so the Eat Right, Eat Right, the company. So meal prepping company. How long have you guys been in business? Since May of last year. May of last year? Yeah, and then we expanded here in February of this year. Okay. So one question I had was, what was the choice of expanding to Dallas, of all places? Um, a couple of different reasons. Uh, the Dallas Metroplex is massive. Um, it's like 6.8 million people compared to Tampa Bay at like 2.1. Um, so obviously, the sheer number of people here. Um, Dallas is also... Uh, very, I mean, all of Texas is very big as far as like keto goes. I want to say Austin's like the number one um, keto city in, in America. Really? So, wait, so where do you get that data from? Or how did you Online. guys? Yeah, really? we did a ton of, of data research before we came here. I mean, 200, Dallas is the number one city in America um, for uh, new growth. So there's actually 246 people that move to Dallas every single day. Oddly enough, Tampa was number two with like 146. Well, Tampa's big because they just got a huge influx of cash by the infrastructure. I I low-key think Tampa is an underdeveloped Dallas. Like, Tampa has the potential to be just as... I tell people this all the time. Like, Tampa, I love Tampa, but Tampa's so small compared to... Like, Dallas is fucking huge. Dallas is huge, but I think just the setup structure, like Dallas-Fort Worth, the Metroplex, but then you also have Tampa-St. Pete, the Metroplex. Like, I feel like it has potential to be... It has has geographic barriers because of the water. But I think it has potential to be just as big, yeah. you know? Yeah. But no, so Dallas. So yeah, Dallas is uh, it's a huge city for that. And obviously, we're going to be shipping nationwide. So Dallas is going to s- serve as a really good hub for um, East or West Coast operations to be able to ship over there. Shipping from Florida to West Coast would cost an arm and a leg. So there are a bunch of different reasons. Um, but the keto, I mean, that was, a, that was a big one for us. I mean, Dallas is huge when it comes to to keto um any any type of diet like that yeah so can you for someone as ignorant as i am could you explain really what the keto diet is because i've heard success stories but i really don't know what it is so keto is basically depriving your body of carbs um and what happens when you do that is you're you're increasing your fats so your liver starts to produce, and don't quote me on this, uh, it's rather an enzyme or something called ketones. It's and, an enzyme. Yeah, ketones. No, is it enzyme or protein? Enzyme. I'm about to say, you I don't think it's know. I'm pretty sure it's enzyme. <laughs> uh, ketones allow, ketones basically are where you're going to derive your energy from. So a lot of people think on keto that you're getting energy from fats. Technically you are, but you're really not. You're actually getting energy from ketones, but ketones are produced because you're increasing your fats. So basically like me being in a ketogenic state, I probably get the same amount of energy from eating like a ribeye steak that you get from drinking a Red Bull. My body just doesn't, yeah, my body doesn't get energy from carbs anymore. Um, okay. So, so you can starve your body from carbs and you no longer get energy from that because I, I mean, was no, taught because I was taught from more ignorant like meal preps when I was younger or whatever that like carbs <laughs> would give you energy. It's not ignorant; it's just a different. It's, it's a different perspective. My body, I mean, yeah, I don't know the, the body. The body's a crazy 
organism. Yeah, my body that. just derives energy differently than, than yours yeah, does. Right. Um, and it's not that, I mean, no matter what. But can that be trained? Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's, that's what exactly that's keto, keto diet is, right? Yeah, okay. so the first two weeks, a lot of people go through what's called like the keto flu. Because basically you're, you're training your body to, to do something it's never done before. Um, where you'll hear some of the horror stories or, or you'll, you'll hear, you know, negative things about it um, really come into play when people get what's called ketoacidosis. So ketoacidosis, I actually had a friend that almost got it. So ketoacidosis is basically, no matter what, even if I was in, I've been in ketosis now for about probably like 15 months. So even with being in ketosis for 15 months, when I wake up in the morning, the very first thing my body searches for for energy is carbs. That's never going to change. That's why you see a lot of people, especially on keto, that do um, intermittent fasting. Because what intermittent fasting does is it completely depletes your body's stored carbs. So because you're fasting, like you wake up in the morning, you're not eating until like, I don't eat typically until like two. So when you wake up in the morning, you're not eating your body is searching for carbs, any of the carbs that you had the day before, which there are carbs in everything. Um, wheatgrass shot has two grams of carbs. I mean, there's carbs yeah, in literally so everybody everything. uses up all those carbs. Yeah, and now, it too. yeah, I'm your, your average American, I think consumes anywhere between like 250 to 350 grams of carbs a day. Um, I typically say it like 20. So even at 20, my body still searches for carbs as soon as I wake up in the morning to use for energy because I'm starving my body of those carbs. Cause I'm not eating until later on. It depletes everything, makes my mental, my mental clarity go through the roof. Blase, blase. Um, that's where people kind of get like really confused about it, I guess. Um, and a lot of people end up getting the keto flu because it's, I mean, you're, you're, there's ch- a lot of misinformation out there about keto too. There's yeah. Tons of misinformation. I mean, a lot of people think you go on keto just to eat, you know, bacon. People and think it's just, no carbs and you can eat saturated fats as much bacon as you want as much like grease and that's not that's not that's it. not no, how it works it's, it's no. you have to you still have to you still have to consume like healthy fats yeah I mean, it's not just you can't avocado just coconut oil yeah. like, like it's not just it consume as much fat as humans. that's not how it yeah. works yeah. i mean you definitely do have to hit your fat goals and, and you can tell when you're in it for a while you can tell like if you feel sluggish i mean to me you know, the weight loss aspect of, of keto is great, but even far beyond that, I mean, my mental clarity has gone through the roof. I've weaned down from, you know, my higher Adderall prescription to a lower Adderall prescription. Um, cause I mean, think if you were to go out right now and crush a large pizza, I mean, you're sluggish, you're lethargic, you want to lay on the couch and go to sleep. Um, fats are much easier to, to burn and they're cleaner. So my body doesn't feel sluggish. I never take naps during the day. I mean, you take like a nap in the afternoon every day. I never do that. Um, it lowers your, your, uh, risk of heart attack. I mean, it does a, a ton of really good things for you. Um, but people kind of do it the wrong way. I think that's where it gets, you know, a, a bad rap and there's ketoacidosis, which actually is dangerous. So what ketoacidosis is, is if you're not consuming carbs, right, your body's going to search for fats to produce ketones. Okay. So if you're not consuming carbs and you're not consuming fats, your body has this crazy ability. Um, your pancreas can convert. I want to say it's like every four grams of protein to one gram of sugar. So as crazy as it sounds, your pancreas, if you were to eat right now, a clean, like non-fat piece of chicken, no seasoning, no sugar, no nothing on it. Your body has the ability to transform that into glucose, which is sugar. So your body can literally make that piece of chicken into sugar to use for energy. The body's a hell of a thing. 
Yeah, that's where it gets dangerous because that can really start to, to create some havoc. Um, but I mean, people love keto. I mean, I, I think the probably the number one thing people notice on keto is uh, water retention goes down big time. Um, depending on your body type, one gram of carb can retain anywhere between like two to five grams of water. So when people go on keto, I mean, the first thing they see is like they, you know, start losing weight in their neck. They, you know, the water retention is, is basically gone because you're not consuming carbs. So you're not really, uh, I mean, and a lot of people, when you go on keto, they, a lot of different outlets will tell you actually to start increasing your sodium to eat more sodium because I mean, water is, is good. It has nutrients in it. I you mean, need water. You're, made, you're yeah. mostly made of water. Well, you're 70%? Start, right. Somewhere around there. Something like when that. When you do keto, you pee a lot. I mean, when I first started, I mean, there were times I'd probably go like 10, 15 times a day. Cause it's just running through your body's not, it, your body's not holding on to it any, any longer. So, but I mean, for me, again, I love the, the aspects of it. I love how it makes me feel, my energy I have. I mean, I'm, I'm always on the go. I'm always, you know, good to go. Um, but I mean, it's not, you just have to do it the right way. And it's not, like I said, I mean, I think a lot of people that can't stay in keto, the doctors, the trainers are because it's really not sustainable. There's, I mean, it's there's a lot of misinformation about it. That's uh, what I was going to ask. Well, you, how much you, you say as far as percentage? Like you obviously you know doc. Doc. So oh, Doc, yeah, Doc, Doc did a Wilson? bunch of studies on it. A uh, good friend of mine who went to UT with us, Ryan Wilson. You know Ryan, right? ASPI. They, they they both wrote a book on it, and like they're very. So I've known them for a while, and you know they're they're a very reliable source. And there's just like a lot of things that he like. I've talked to them about it and just read on my own, and just there's a lot of stuff because it's not the conventional way of doing a diet, and it's so radical. You've always been told fats are bad, and this, that, and the other, and you need carbs for energy and stuff yeah. like that. So there's a lot of things that people think about keto that are just wrong. A lot of things people think are keto that are right. Like, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. But my thing with any diet or food fad or anything, especially if you're trying to lose weight or, like, get in shape, is A, is it based in some kind of science? Yes, keto is based in science. Like, there's scientifically, like, it's, there's solid fact on it. And B, like, don't be, like, people take certain diets and just go to the extreme. Like, like, like the whole keto, what's it, ketoacidosis? Yeah. That's like, like, if you eat nothing but chicken breast, chicken breast is, like, you're not getting fat either. People just take things to the, to the extreme. The ultimate extreme. Yeah, like. I mean, there's been, there's, they've done a lot of science behind uh, keto. I mean, back in the, back in the 80s was the big craze about everything was uh, fat-free, fat-free this, fat-free that, fat-free this, fat-free that. And, and they noticed that they were lowering the fat because they were increasing the sugars and increasing carbs. And we were getting more morbidly obese as, fat as a nation um, with everything being fat-free. So, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different science behind it. Again, it's not, it's not for everyone. It's not, I mean, there are tons of times I cheat. It's not fun to not, you know what I mean? Like eat carbs and there are tons of times I want cookies, you know, whatever I can have for me though. It's just, I feel good on it. But the thing that sucks about keto, I will say is it is one of those things where like, there's no, I mean, the longer you're in it, yeah, you can have a cheat meal, whatever, but it's not like a normal diet where you'll go to a trainer and they say, okay, you have to have a cheat day because you have to shock your system or whatever it is. I and mean, reverse dieting and types of like that. Yeah. On keto. I mean, if you cheat, you kick yourself out of ketosis. So you have to work that much harder to get back in. So the longer you're in ketosis, if you go have two slices of pizza or something, you're not going to get kicked out. But while you're trying to do it, yeah, you can kick yourself out of ketosis. Easily. Yeah, well, early on. Easily. Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, they say you have to like, you know, cycle off of it. And like, that's how people gain that weight. You hear people who go on keto say, oh, I gained it all back. That's because they 
kicked out of ketosis. Yeah. Yeah. So clarify this. I don't know if it's a myth or debunk this myth for me. So is it carbs mainly that makes your body weight fluctuate? No. What makes your body weight fluctuate is you intake more calories than you fucking exert. At the end of the day, losing weight comes down to one thing and one thing only. Calories in and calories out. Okay. Like, obviously, there's other factors that can go genetics, the type of diet, what you're eating, how you're working out. There's a, a, a thousand million things that go into it. But at its core, losing weight comes down to calories in calories versus out. calories now, out. Where, where you're- whether you're on keto or not, whether you're on conventional diet or not, that's, that's obviously both work. The people have seen results doing either or. But at its core, at its pure, simplest form, obviously, there's other factors. Calories in, calories out. Was yeah. Now, where you're kind of correct, because there's a gray area. He's 100% correct. Carbs account for more caloric intake than fats and proteins do. Like, yes. for instance, I, I would carb, One carb is, what, nine calories, and a fat is eight, and a protein is four, something yeah. like that? So like for me, for instance, yeah. So like for me, for for instance, I I'm supposed to do 20 grams of protein a day, uh, like 100 and 105, I think. Or no, um, sorry, 20 grams of carbs a day, like 105 grams of protein. I think I'm at like 135 grams of fat. Which if I stick to that and I eat that, I mean it's actually a lot of food, but calorically it's only 1644 calories. So if you who is not you know, um, reducing your amount of carbs. If you were to eat 1,644 calories a day, you would weather away because you know what I mean? Like it's, you'd have more carbs in it and it wouldn't be near nearly enough food. Me, because my diet's primarily, uh, keto is 95, I'm sorry, 90%, um, sorry, 70% fat, uh, 25% protein and 5% carbs. So because for me, I'm, and taking more fats, my caloric numbers are not nearly as high as someone that is intaking more carbs. Yeah. So okay. I only consume 1,644 grams of, of cal- calories a day. Shit. So when, when people are trying to lose weight and it's it, you don't realize it until you weigh out your food. And if you ever sit down and, and weigh out your food, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. But people eat a lot of shit. <laughs> like a lot of empty calories, like sodas and candy and snacks. And Especially chips. in the States. All that stuff has so many more calories than people realize. Like a handful of chips is a lot of, is a, like it's not a lot of food doesn't fill you up. But that's a lot of calories. Like someone doesn't lose weight. At the end of the day, like I said, it's how many calories are you burning during the day? How many calories are you taking in? That's what's going to determine if you lose weight or not. Like it's, it's, it's. It's not that simple, but it really is that simple. It comes down to that baseline, basically. Yeah. If you break yeah. everything down to that baseline, it makes so much more yeah. sense for people. Yeah. Man. See, we could sit here and talk diets forever because I don't know dog shit about diets. Nah, but I, I cool, want to learn so much more about it, though. Fitness is cool. But now, I would say that wine's not bad. See? I told you. You like wine? It's not bad. See, it's I something that's got wrong. You got to like be, you got to exist wine in this vibe, bro. I feel like a different kind of like buzzed right now. Yo. Wine is tough. I've never, you, I've never been Guys, wine drunk I, in my life. I think you we haven't? just. No. Yo, came, next time you're with your girl, just order wine and see the difference. I've never, I've never had, I've never been it's, wine It's like a, it's life. a smooth, wine it's a awesome. smooth yeah. drunk, right? It's a smooth drunk. Wine drum, is awesome. I'm a big wine. fan, especially red wine. I don't know so much about I think I said this in the last podcast. One of my goals in life is to open my own winery. Matter of fact, hey, if there are any wineries that decide to 
I visited uh, Salani Winery. Miomi. We start shouting out just random wine companies and just tagging them in our videos. Miomi. I did visit. And the, then where's this wine from? In California. Is it? I don't know. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. Sonoma. I've been there. I have been place. Sonoma. I Sonoma's visited. Awesome. There's a winery out in Napa, right? Napa called Salani Winery. Where's and it Monterey was phenomenal. County? Where's this at? Gladly. Monterey I hope you guys County. ever listen to this. Is that what it is? Monterey? It doesn't say. But, uh. Yeah, you could have just converted Estancia me. and Miomi. You guys, you know, if you want to send us some bottles of wine and be a drink them. I think I would just converted. Literally. Cam, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the wine yeah. club. Welcome to the wine club. I'm never, I'm never. It's a big moment. Yeah, I'm not going to wow. be like an aerator like you want. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I got a friend who got an aerator. No, he, that's what he's talking about. It's extra, but it's like. It's so right. nice though. It's nice you'll though. Learn. One day you'll learn. We'll nah. get you on the wine. Okay, because I was going to cut that off. <laughs> okay, so I think. That was, we could sit here and talk about diets and everything else, especially your military experience. I'm mad we didn't get deeper into the drink experience. Next time. Because that was like good pinnacle in my life. When Next I was time. Let's we'll talk about the Cam will be, he's going to be on the podcast again. He's going to be around. Yeah, we can you do part two, part to my house whenever you want. <laughs> Next time we'll be on time. No, he probably won't. <laughs> it's probably Maybe a lie, but, but we'll try. You know, we'll but try. we had a good time though. But yeah, nah, man. Time. I think I think y'all doing some great things with Eat Right, bro. This shit is amazing. Eat I want to learn more about it. it. All jokes aside, yo. If you need a meal prep company, uh, if you want to lose weight, if you're fit, if you want to prep for a show, if you want to just, you know, change your health, change, change your lifestyle and start making better choices, man. Eat Right is just an awesome option. Definitely check it out. Like it's seriously, it's, it's, it's fucking. Phenomenal. Even if you're just somebody that just want to just start getting on the right path to eating better, because yeah. you know it's the right thing. Any to do. step in the right direction. Uh, they really say abs are made in the kitchen and like real shit. As someone who works out a lot, like I can attest to this. Like the food. That was just his plug. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. But nah, the kitchen. Uh, the food. The food really is is, is a game changer. So no, check it seriously, out. no. But hey. Cam, we appreciate your time, bro. Thank you, Cam, bro. Really, really, really thank you for coming on. The podcast is amazing. It's real. I think you guys are going to do some huge things. I appreciate it, man. Show up on time. (laughs) (laughs) We got to treat our clients better. We got to get better. Next time, we'll be better. I'm going to have to do a whole marketing audit of this shit. All right. Next time, we'll we'll be better next time. But nah, hey, in closing, appreciate you guys listening. Love you guys. His name is Kid. His name is Crash. And this is the Kid and Crash Podcast. Love y'all. One love.